In this week's episode, we're dropping some major Galaxy's Edge news and info. We've got opening dates, food and drink options, merchandise selections, and all of the details you'll need before you go. Diggs was at the Disneyland After Dark 90s event last week, and it was a blast from the past. There were Disney afternoon characters galore and lots of themed food, of course. Also, Captain Marvel beats the haters, Fox merger news, Aladdin trailer, and more on this hand-painted episode of the Mousepire Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Diggs. I'm Tim. Welcome to Mousepire, your source for Disney, Star Wars, and everything in between. This is the podcast where both empires collide. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Mousepire Podcast. Oh, hey, what's going on? Uh-oh. The Apprentice Start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Bring up me, Harley Joe. You never had a friend like me. Some imagination, huh? <laughs> Made you look. Blast off. Blasting off. I'm here. Yes, Tim is here. He's here I, again. I've barely made it. He barely made it, and he already, uh, well, he was already falling asleep. Yeah. But we had to poke him with a prod and wake him up. Happy birthday. Oh, no. No? No birthdays today? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, probably someone's birthday, but we probably don't know them. Yeah, we don't know you. No, we don't. We uh, talked about last week that we are going to be going over all the Galaxy's Edge news, so we're going to just off the bat. And there's more news. We're going to start with that. Yeah, it's literally. It's a good like, thing you waited because now there's more. Uh, there's more news. And, um, yeah, so we're going to start with that because there's going to be a lot to talk about and probably some ranting going on. I don't know. You never know what goes on with this show. True that. <laughs> true that. So, hey, um, Anthony, what we got? Well, rumors actually came true for a change, first of all. <laughs> Uh, we had gotten a rumor about the time we, that we were recording last week that uh, from several different uh, reliable and unreliable uh, sources that on Thursday at a uh, shareholder meeting that they were going to announce the opening dates for Galaxy's Edge. And, you know, as usual, we were like, yeah, we've heard that one before. Every time there's a shareholders or an earnings call or something, everybody assumes something's going to get re- uh, announced. You know, I mean, every single time, it's always the people keep waiting. You know, we keep on the Star Wars Episode Nine title announcement <laughs> right, uh, that everybody's right. like, oh, I've been crying for two months about, along with the other, all the other crying, but that's title, a whole other story. Title but uh, so we got the announcement, surprisingly, not surprisingly, I don't know, that we did get the announcement early Thursday morning, last Thursday morning, from the Iger man himself. Yep. And uh, it's complicated. Yes, it is. Like what? a relationship. Yes, it's complicated. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Uh, 
I, you know, I, I know exactly where to begin. I was right. I was right. <laughs> I was right. I was right. Eh. It's opening in May. I was right. Barely. I was right. I you was said right. Memorial Day weekend. I was right. He said Memorial Day weekend, which is the week before. But I've been <laughs> saying May though, and nobody else was. Everybody else was like, "Oh, it's not going to open in May." Well, I'm going to say I was right too. But go ahead. I'll no, tell no, you. You could say that too. I'll tell you why. Well, tec- I know technically you're everybody's everybody's right. Everybody's no, right. no. I'll tell you why. Just go ahead. Uh, so it is officially, unofficially, <laughs> sneak peek of the sneak peek <laughs> opening. On May 31st, here in Disneyland, uh, just for uh, complete complete sake, it will be opening August 29th at Disney's Hollywood Studio in Florida. Complete or incomplete? Just to be complete. Just in case, uh, you know, I mean, we don't really know if we have anybody that listens that goes to Florida, but, you know, some people might want to go to Florida Somebody might want to be like, well, screw the one at Disneyland. I'm going to just wait and go to the one, the opening of the one in Florida because it's in the summer. It's at the end of summer. I don't know. Because I feel like that that's going to be a much better time for that one to open, first of all, because they're going to be basically opening going into quote-unquote off-season. Now, I don't know if there really is an off-season for Florida, but then it is kind of going into hurricane season, so I don't They're know. All, <laughs> I don't know that's gonna, how that's going to happen. But <laughs> I want to be at Galaxy's Edge when a hurricane hits. No, I don't. The off season in Florida sort of fluctuates with the school schools and weather, I imagine. So, anyways, uh, they use the term "opening ahead of schedule." <laughs> uh, I don't know how they could consider it opening ahead of schedule since we don't even know what ahead of schedule is. Right now, one can presume from the way that this is all playing out what uh ahead of schedule means because they are considering a basically a pre-opening period what you would call it of may 31st through june 23rd which june 23rd is a sunday and actually no it was june 21st was when everybody said it was going to open i was saying when i said it would be open by right the 23rd would be uh basically the ending of this pre-open period is the same weekend that everybody had been predicting that it would open. That's what I'm going to say. I was right, because I said June 22nd. Yeah. Right. That's Saturday. You thought Saturday. I had always thought it would be a Friday, just because yeah. sometimes it is Friday, sometimes it's Saturday. It's kind of a shot in the dark with that. But uh, but there's no Ozzy Osbourne here. No, there isn't. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, everybody that was talking about that third weekend in June... Uh, which obviously everybody just came to that jump conclusion because of the whole uh, blackouts thing with the annual passes. Uh, yeah, so those people were sort of right, but now I do find it interesting that uh, it's going to go into basically basic Galaxy's Edge operation as far as getting in on a Monday, which uh, even though it's not really specified here that that's what will happen on the 24th, you have to assume by the way that everything's worded that... On June twenty fourth, Monday, June twenty fourth, uh, basically. I'm, I'm going to say Tuesday. Not mem- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say not Memorial Day, which what? is the twenty fourth. No, no, no. I'm we're in June. Oh, June. June. Sorry, June. no, June. We're talking about at the end of the pre opening period. I think at the end of the pre opening period, they're going to determine whether or not these we haven't discussed it yet, but these reservations that they're saying everybody else are, are going to continue or not. Well, they can't. 
Well, they can't really. I mean, we, yeah, we'll talk about that right now. I just wanted to get the basics out of the way first. Uh, but I mean, they can't really go back on that once they. Well, they can because it's Disney and they do whatever they want apparently. But they can't really go back on that once they've started doing the reservations because then people, boy, they'll be open to so many complaints if they do that. I mean, you look at the amount of complaints that they got uh, that you said they got just for backing out of one day of World of Color uh, dining <laughs> reservations. I mean, imagine how much of a cluster this would be if they started backing out of the whole reservation thing. Or if all of a sudden they decide that they're going to extend the reservation thing, that would... Appe- I don't mean that backing would... out, I mean extending. Right, and I don't, that, would be, that, that would be backing out because people are going to go through hell probably trying to get reservations during this whole pre-opening period, which we might as well get into that right now. So basically so, the deal is that they're requiring a fast pass to access the land. Not they're a fast calling pass. they're calling it a reservation, but it's, that's basically what it is. It's a fast it's a, pass return time. It's a way at a time fast pass from home. <laughs> because so, how do you think these are going to happen? Are they going to be super random, chosen over the internet, or well, are they going to hand them out to first come, first serve in the morning? Well, first of all, glad you asked him because they're already happening. Because anyone who already has or makes a hotel reservation during that period has first dibs already to make reservations for which were gone in about an hour well yeah or less probably well i tried to make a hotel reservation three hours oh, after you mean, the announcement and, you mean they, make, they, and during, they, they were gone during that whole period or just for opening day uh during that weekend i don't know about it, the later in the well that's what i mean so anybody who makes a either anybody who has or makes a hotel reservation between uh, the May 31st and presumably uh, June 23rd. If you have a hotel reservation any time in that period, you can be the first dibs basically right now uh, to get your uh, reservation to get into Galaxy's Edge. Now, now, the fine print said that, but you know what it also said? It also says it said hotel reservations not do not guarantee entry into Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, somebody <laughs> called that out in the uh, comments, and of course, it uh, was very contradictory. Answered. Yeah, but uh, I mean, basically, they're saying that if you have a hotel reservation, that you can get your reservation to get in. Now, the problem is, is are they going to oversell the reservations? Uh, yeah, some people aren't going to, sh- unless they're giving them out that day. Now, the other thing, obviously, like I said, the reservations haven't started yet for everybody else. At some point, presumably in the next month or so, or month and a half, they're going to start opening up reservations and those are obviously going to go super fast as well and uh so i i think it's just gonna be a per day thing you're gonna have to be able to like with the hotel reservations people that can already make reservations that have a hotel reservation and we got to be kind of this is confusing because you got re- hotel reservation but then you got reservation to get into galaxy's edge and uh those people say that basically you're allowed to pick one of the dates that's at part of your stay or right, they'll right. give you a date that's a part of your stay, and that'll be the day that you're allowed to go into the Galaxy's Edge. So once they start opening up to everybody else, uh, presumably the very first person that gets onto the Internet will have the pick of all of the days between May 31st and June 23rd. I don't think however, do it however, however, no, they're 100% going to do it on the Internet. Where else are they going to do it? In person on the day. No, it's going to no, be online. It's going to be online way ahead of time, just like they're doing with the hotel people. The problem well, is, is a different situation. Problem is that with them allowing open to the hotels first, 
you're really you had a problem with that the hotel people totally filling up all of the reservations for the very first day. So you do the well. They they may not allow. I mean, if they if those people are staying at that, I think the only people that are gonna get the twenty, we'll call it the thirty first. I was gonna say twenty fourth, but thirty first are the people that are only booked or their stay ends the thirty first. If you're only booked for one night or your stay ends the thirty first, then that's the day you'll get. I think otherwise right. they're gonna give the consecutive. Oh days. right, right, right. No, yeah. But there were people that were, I know... Of course, th- it's Disney. They'll probably do the complete opposite of Well, that. I know that they, the day this was announced, there were still people were still... Uh, there were people... There were still tick, uh, hotels available, like you said. Uh, I know they ranged from 500 to $900 for that day. Right. I think it was and $900 for the Grand Californian on that, yeah. on May 31st per night. But, that sounds uh, about right. And, uh, yeah, so like you said, those are pretty much gone. So, I mean, the hotels are all gone. Everybody that has a hotel reservation will be able to make a reservation for that night because if any of them are just getting that day, then... Uh, but as far as... Uh, let's uh, just... Uh, now that we've... It's all very confusing. It's really super hard to explain. What, what I makes mean, you guys think that the that these uh, reservation... I'm going to call them a re- fast pass or return time reservation are going to be done online? What makes you think that? Why wouldn't they be? Because then anybody, if anybody can make them, everybody's going to want to. And at that point, people might sell them. Uh, they might, uh, I mean, they may just not show up. Like, if any if any Joe Schmo, you're not an annual pass holder, you've got no, nothing, you can just go on and you're, and then what happens when you don't show up? They, I think it would be less fair I'll tell you exactly why it's going to happen online and not in person. Because just the logistics for them is way better. Because they, if they do they it, they just don't want people showing up. You think unless they have the reservation? Well, that that yes, because otherwise you're going to have thousands of people showing up opening day trying to get a reservation, and then once people get think turned away, that. then yes, it's going to exactly. turn into a bigger cluster, and it's going to be like the sixtieth. Clearly, the this open half the land and make reservations thing is what they decided to do. Yeah, let's get to that. You just brought it up. Uh, I was going to talk about something else first, but uh, you just alluded to opening half the land. Well, in, in, uh, what, what, how do we say in the spirit of Pixar pier? (laughs) Yeah. in the spirit of Pixar pier, Now, at least with Pixar pier, they had the spirit of garbage. They had multiple attractions open. At least they had three different attractions open for Pixar pier. It wasn't the whole land, but at least it was three, even though they were already old. Some of them were older ones. Yeah. Here is, here's the rub of the whole thing is that opening day, at least presumably, at least between, for the first month. At least between May 31st and June 23rd, presumably. Yeah. Only the smugglers the, run Millennium Falcon ride will be open. And that's only one of two attractions in the whole land. It's been bad enough that everybody's been making a deal about how it's such a huge 14-acre land that it's only going to have two rides. Yeah. But they're saying, oh, but these rides are so big that it's okay. But now they're saying that only one of them is going to be open the first day. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's ridiculous. Why? Now, if they, okay, would it be appropriate or more appropriate if there was like a, just listen to me, No. smaller, like, Mater's level attraction? 
You're a mater. That's how you do that. <laughs> I mean, imagine imagine Cars Lands opens with racers. Yes, no, and I agree with you 100%. I 100% agree with you if they had, had three or four small. Even like, one. Yeah, even, even one. one. Even if they had done over in the woods but behind Critter Country, if they had put in the, the long rumored speeder bike ride Ooh. or something. That's what I hope that they're. Eventually, we'll put in some speeder bike attraction. Well, I mean, they, the plans for it are somewhere still. Yeah, when it was going to go, liter- in, it could literally go all around the park. When it was going to be in on go on top of Autopia, yeah. the plans are somewhere for that. So, just saying. But yes, no, you're one hundred percent right. If they would have had at least one other small like gadgets, go coaster or a mater or a la uh, the Hogwarts Express, Luigi's. Uh, Little small roller coaster, yeah, the, the uh, hippogriff ride, exactly, that's or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Not Hogwarts Express, the so hippogriff. I mean, although in fairness, the hippogriff ride is basically uh, uh, Smuggler's Run because there is only two rides in Harry Potter, true, yeah, yeah, yeah. so but it was that's their way of adding something else, but it's, right, but this is like having two of the castle ride. Now they're I'm now they're saying that the ride that's not opening the resist the fight with the resistance. Yeah, ride, they're using the. They're term, saying that's the bigger of the two attractions. Well, I mean, it, it, presumably that's the one that probably has the biggest queue because okay. they have the most room for queue over there. That was the one of the issues I was talking about either last week or the week before, where I was talking about how the Millennium Falcon ride, being that it's over to the right in the middle of the actual city, the town of. Uh, wow, Black Spire Outpost underground for all we know. It could, we don't know, but I just feel like that would be the only option. Whereas over on the other side, where the Resistance ride is, they have the woods, and you could have the queue go under the trees and there's shade. You can't really do that inside the city, but uh, so yeah, they're using a uh, they're using it. They're saying that uh, Phase Two which will be later this year. They're using the term later this year, and they're saying that's when all the rise of the re- Resistance ride will open. Whoa, he's going crazy here. I mean, later this Why? year could mean anything. It could open in the end of June, we're hoping. I just hope it opens before Florida. Now, I was thinking about this just a few minutes I feel like ago. I, just a few minutes ago, I'm I thinking like maybe... it's going to open the same day as Florida. That's Well, that's what I'm... That's what I was thinking is that it that this might be their way to give the Florida people like basically an equal opening. They're only giving us the one, but then they're gonna give that one to them first. I or could something. I could actually one hundred percent get around that way of thinking, even though they, they, it's never really mattered to them before. I mean, we've had lands open here. I mean, we've have we have lands here that they don't have. So right. I mean, and then they got uh, Toy Story Land, which we don't have, and so. they have Avatar, which we so, don't have I either. Mean, Are we I care about? Yeah, I don't know. Supposedly, the, the at least the one ride. Well, that they're supposed to I be would love to at least cool. be able to walk through it. So, uh, but I mean, I could, I could get behind that line of reasoning. I just, I just, it's really annoying because I just feel like that if they were that far behind, it's just like wait, just wait, just open it when it's ready. Because otherwise it's going to make it 10 times worse because all of the people that would have been in line for Rise of the Resistance are not going to be in line. So we uh, They're are going to be cluttering up the whole damn place. We Have we seen any pictures from that, the Resistance, inside anything like we have for the Millennium Well, Falcon? yeah, we've had lots of pictures. We had that one picture of the hallway with the shiny uh, floor. 
the, that's well, the floor I'm, that I heard. And there was the, that one picture of that one thing that one time? Yeah. But, but then there's the uh, that brings up the uh, whole thing that I told you a few weeks ago, how I had heard a rumor that they were, or had heard that they were having problems with the rubber. Oh, right, right, that too. Wait, the what? Where? Uh, there were, you know how in Indiana Jones they have problems where rubber uh, burns off and sticks to the yeah. track and they have to scrape it every night? On which ride? On Indy. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, they're having the same problem, apparently, with the Rise of the Resistance ride. And they don't want that problem. Well, because those floors are pristine. That's the whole point of it being a trackless ride is so that the uh, floors can stay nice and shiny. But if you have rubber sticking to a pristine-looking black floor, it's going to stand out and look stupid and gross. But, yeah, true. I mean, we've seen a few pictures. And Indy's of, sort of a run-down-looking place. So well, it run, works, Indy's yeah. on a track, and the ride is set for you can't see the track. Right. So, for the most part. So... That it, it works for that, but this ride is being designed as a trackless ride where and you have much lower uh center of gravity on the ride, I think, where you're so you can see everything that's going on. But I mean, I, so I don't know if that's part of why the this ride is delayed. I just I don't know. Did you have more of a thought on that? Or, well, because I brought up a couple of weeks ago that a lot of the aesthetics weren't ready for that ride either, they were still behind on that. So that can be another reason why that's not opening yet. Right. So that's so, about it. I just I mean, hope it, that if just, they sell just... these rumored $500 tickets or more for early access, that at the very least they come with a fast pass to go on the resistance ride when it actually opens. Yeah, because uh, I'm sure the people that went to the uh, $200 uh Pixar Pier 1 got a fast pass to go $300 on inside $300. $300. I'm sure that the people that went to the $300 Pixar Pier 1 got a fast pass to go on uh, Inside Out when it opens. Or, nobody's going to need to go on that ride ever, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that I think that they've just basically, I don't know, if you want to ask, if you want my opinion about how, I think they've just shot themselves in the foot, and they're going to make opening of Galaxy's Edge. Lackluster. A thousand times worse than what it would have been already and it's going to be lackluster yeah i mean either either it's going to be a total madhouse because they're not going to be able to accommodate the people that they would have with the ride the other ride open and it's just going to be stupid in there or they're going to have harry potter situation where it's going to be busy for a couple days and then nobody's going to come back because there's only one thing to do and and the line's eight hours long or whatever. It's like who's gonna go through all this trouble, reservations and all that crap, to show up for one ride? Well, here's and here's the kicker. Because you noticed it or not? Because there's people. Fast Pass and Max Pass will be disabled. Right. Well, I mean, you had to figure that. No, I, I I figure that if you have a reservation for the land, that they'll at least let you make a Max Pass reservation nah. too. Even if you take up your whole Max Pass thing for the whole day. We've always figured that the max passes probably wouldn't take effect until after the initial summer, right? I, yeah. I didn't think that, but nonetheless, I mean, some, I know people that are that have already they already got the better pass, the the signature plus a year ago or eight months ago. They upgraded in lieu, or not in lieu, but in uh, in hopes that they'd be able to use it. For Galaxy's Edge, that was just just to have the. But they will eventually. They will. <laughs> They'll be able to go that day. No, but just unlike to be able a to lot use, of people. No, not the pass. The Max Pass. Oh well, that, be able to use Max buys, Pass because otherwise you only need the 
you wouldn't need that one. You well, anybody who buys Signature Plus just for Max Pass, well, then you know that's their problem. Well, no, because Max Pass is included. in Nobody's Signature ever, Plus. nobody's ever said that Galaxy's Edge was going to have Max Pass, much less Fast Pass. Well, no, they have previously announced no, they that didn't. it. I saw something. It may not have been from them officially, no. but I saw something that said that. They wouldn't have regular fast pass, but it would be a max pass only. Okay, they might have said that at one point, but I don't remember them saying. Do you remember them saying? No, that? I don't. Because it, it may have been something that I heard in person from. Uh, well, <laughs> from their attractions guy. Oh well, they don't mean no, they don't know anything. I don't know what to say about this whole situation. I mean, you'd like to think that a lot of the the Star Wars fans are going to go for all of the land. They're not just there. They're like, you know, like me. I don't want to see just the rides. I want to see all of it. I want to go from one end to the other slowly, absorbing it all, enjoying the whole thing. I don't even care if I don't get on the rides the first day, which obviously I'm not going to get on the first one of the rides the first time I go because it probably won't even be open depending on. Well, I want to make sure. Depending on when I go for the first time, which may not be until after summer at this point. So, I mean, uh, if if I'm there opening day or within the first couple days. What I want to get, honestly, more than the than the uh, readiness of one attraction is I want to make sure that I get whatever merchandise they have before it's all gone. Because, you know, they're not going to order enough of it. <laughs> I want to make sure that if they have a, a porg or some uh, thing that you sits on your shoulder, like the dragon, little dragons from, um, they from Avatar Land that is some sort of puppet or whatever, you know, or animatronic or something that I'm going to, you know, have access to get one of those. But again, before they're all gone, before they're, somebody buys them all up. Well, that's a nice segue into our next section, which is the big info dump that happened uh, uh, a week and a half ago that we talked about last week that we were going to wait on. So and, let me, uh, before you start, I just want to say that uh, basically uh, people from different uh, media outlets were invited to come to Galaxy's Edge and check it out. But they were not allowed to publish this until 9 p.m. on that, what was it, what day was that? The 27th. So, yeah, the 27th, they weren't allowed to publish it on, until 9 p.m. Yeah, they had went, like, the the Wednesday before or something like that. There was, I believe, seven or nine uh, people from different outlets, uh, Nerdist, uh, Entertainment Weekly, io9, so on. So I, I just think it was funny because um, all of a sudden, right on 9 o'clock, all these tweets come out and all I think is Galaxy's Edge, Galaxy's Edge, and it was just crazy. And the thing is, is, since there was like whatever it was, seven or nine different people, you had seven or nine different takes of what they saw. So for and really to absorb all of it and to get the whole story, you read almost have to read at least, at least three, a sample size of at least three different people. That's what I did. Like I read uh, at least the the one from Nerdist, which was from Amy Ratcliffe, who's a big person with Star Wars on uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, the other one uh, was from uh, was Anthony Bresnikin, who's one of the big entertainment people with uh, Entertainment Weekly, and then Jermaine uh, Lucier. I don't remember. I don't know how to say his name. He's with IO9. Those are the three that I read because those are the three that people that I were already following on Twitter. So. Uh, there's some information about the rides, but uh, there was like almost a kind of like a walkthrough, but not really a walkthrough. Uh, they did verify a lot of things that I had said that were being rumored about the rises of the resistance ride. You know, that one that's not going to be open yet yeah. uh, until 2020. Yeah. It's going to open a year after, uh, Jesse's, uh, critters <laughs> opens. 
I had talked about how the Rise of the Resistance was going to have two different phases, and that was kind of uh, confirmed with the when the uh, costumes were announced, and there were Resistance costumes and there were First Order costumes. So you're actually going to start in the Resistance base and board a uh, Resistance shuttle, and then you're going to end up in the uh, First Order base where you're going to switch to your cast members all having First Order uniforms on. So, and that's where you'll get on the actual ride. So uh, that was definitely in 2020. Yeah, no, yes, in 2020. Uh, that was definitely confirmed, but that's all we'll go into the ride. Like I said, we're of the mind. Uh, Tim, if he wants to read the spoilers and watch a video later, that's on him. But uh, Diggs and I are both of the mind that we don't want to be spoiled on the rides because we want to be totally excited and, and uh, thrilled just getting that first experience as opposed to watching a video on YouTube, Michael Marquez. <laughs> Dirty. Hi, Michael. Uh, but speaking of the ride that will be open on May 31st, for those of you that will be lucky enough to be there, uh, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. Minus Han Solo. Minus Han Solo. But as I've been explaining over the past few weeks, the, the, of uh, some of the setup that we've been getting for the ride, we knew that there, were, there shouldn't be any Han Solo. But we knew that there would be a uh, appearance by a certain uh, Weequay pirate from, uh, that has shown up on uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Yes, Hondo Anaka, who I mentioned a few weeks ago, having read that book, that uh, he was going to be the one in possession of the Millennium Falcon, and that uh, basically at the end that is basically sets up for the ride that he's starting a uh, shipping business. And, uh, with his stolen ship. With No, it's not stolen. He borrowed it. It's been borrowed. It's been borrowed from uh, Chewie. Actually, it's not borrowed from Han because Han's dead in this, uh, in this time frame. Spoilers. Spoilers. Han dies because as we said, as we've said before, the, this takes place after Last Jedi and before Episode Nine. So the uh, Millennium Falcon was lent lent to Hondo, and now he has now decided to use it to make some extra cash for himself to buy his own ship before he gives the Millennium Falcon back to Chewie because he knows Chewie's not a killer and won't come after him. Well, no, Chewie owes him a, a favor from stuff that happened in the book that I was telling about, but. Uh, so, not only do we know that Hondo is going to have something to do with the ride, but there will actually be a Hondo animatronic in what is being billed as the second most intricate and complicated advanced, advanced animatronic ever made. So, it's basically a human? No, it's a weak way. <laughs> it's a humanoid, yes. Like the the first one, like the, the Han, like the Han Solo, like the Indiana Jones holding back the or standing next to the yes, boulder. Oh, way better end. than that. Obviously, as I said, the second most advanced uh, animatronic, though, with the first being the the shaman in uh, Avatar, the aforementioned Avatar oh. in uh, Pandora in Florida. That one has that's the most advanced uh, animatronic. The Hondo that will be appearing in there is the second most animatronic or the second most advanced animatronic ever made. Uh, it looks really cool. They had a little uh, video of it. I don't face think off. there's really any. Uh, I don't think there's really anything to see in the video or to yeah. hear in the video, so there's no reason to play that. But uh, it looks really cool. It looks. Uh, really awesome i can't wait to hear him uh, of course we're going to get a nice uh audio track and get to hear the the awesome 
uh, voice of uh, Jim Cummings. In... Is this a guy that previously has only existed as a cartoon? Yes. So seeing him in live action form, so to speak, is yes. going to be a first. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yes. Yes, he has only previously appeared in either uh, books or the Clone Wars animated series or the Rebels animated series or comics or whatever. Do you think that they are basing his, I'll say, humanoid features off of an actual person so that that person can, in the future, appear in the universe? I don't know. Uh, it makes sense, I right? have discussed with other people whether uh, we think that having this animatronic Hondo means that we won't get a Hondo that walks around inside of Galaxy's Edge itself in in around the, the town. Because he's uh, always there. Because I was hoping that there would be a one, or at least one for like a photo op or something, a Hondo photo op. Uh, I still hold out hope that there still might be one, but he, as long as he's in a different place. I mean, it's not like they don't have Mickey up here in like six different places at once. So why mm. couldn't Hondo? Well, but, uh, if they, what if they, what if the animatronic is in the queue the and, animatronic and would is be in part, the queue and his part and a, the photo op is part of the queue experience i don't know that would make sense that we don't everybody have everybody going by gets to take we a don't have enough to speculate on that but uh, we can say that hondo is definitely going to have the animatronic it is definitely in the queue or somewhere at the beginning of the uh, probably in the beginning of the ride it's obviously going to be someplace that you're not going to skip it going through like a uh, fast pass or max pass line or something later on and uh but he will be there it's going to be cool uh so uh moving on uh to drinks i i am kind of thirsty you have anything to drink eat drink and be merry uh you you have barry oh yeah i don't know him all right so oga's cantina we've mentioned oga's cantina before that will be the cantina where you'll be able to buy your alcohol that is where the former Captain Rex will be there uh, spinning some tunes. He is now DJ. He is now DJ uh, Fresh. Not Tim. Fresh Tim <laughs> Rex. Not DJ. And there has been much speculation about the drinks and stuff that will be involved. And I had mentioned that there had been there have been drinks that were mentioned in a couple of the books, yeah. including the Thrawn book and the uh, the Hondo book. Well, I can I can verify that at least one of those I do uh, that one of these is from the books, oh, and cool. that is the fuzzy tauntaun. Ah. So we will just go through real fast, just a real fast going through here. That uh, let's just say a lot of very colorful drinks, uh, very pretty drinks, uh, lots of smoke, dry ice action oh, going on. Cool uh, treats. Ooh. Uh, you will be able to get some uh, light snacks. They have a cantina mix, which is basically going to be their version of uh, bar peanuts. Oh. Uh, except for it's going to be like those wasabi peas, rice cracker bits, shrimp chips, and freeze-dried chocolate. Uh, none of that sounds good to me, so I will be skipping the cantina snacks. <laughs> uh, they're going to have Oga's Obsession, which will be, Obsession, which will be a gelatin-based dish served in a Petri dish with popping pearls, dried fruits, and Pop Rocks. Ooh. Uh, I Basically a concoction of sugar. <laughs> that it, it looks cool. That is this here. That is oh, that. Oh, that looks really good. It looks very interesting. Mm. I don't know if I would get it. I would like to take a picture of it. <laughs> I'd like to take a sip if you guys bought it. I mean, uh, they have something else called a Rodian Ration, which they don't say what it is at all. Uh, they do have several non-alcoholic beverages, including... 
a uh, Black Spire Brew, which is a cold brew coffee. They have uh, what's called the Blue Bantha, which uh, you would, is a basically glass of blue milk topped with a cookie decorated with a bantha horn. And now it says it's a cookie, but it looks more like a donut, but I don't know. Maybe it's a donut cookie. It's a di- giant. They're thick. all about putting like things on top of things these days. Like That's the trend. On... Yeah, it's, that is the trend because the it is a trend, trend that they are going with. Because, I disagree. Uh, there's something else here that I don't know if I think it might be the Mugen tea or something, but they do have some other drink here that has a bone on top of it <laughs> of some sort. I don't know what that is. Uh, there isn't descriptions for all of the uh, the beverages, so I think they have may only have only gone to try maybe a couple, or maybe they weren't given descriptions for all of them. Because uh, then there's one called a Quif- Cliff Dweller, Terrine Tea, Hyperdrive Punch, Ooh. Punch It, Hyperdrive Punch It, Punch It Chewy, uh, Jabba Juice, <laughs> Ew, Moog- <laughs> Mugen Tea. And carbon freeze. So those are all oh, non-alcoholic cool. beverages. That's cool. Uh, the names are really cool. Like I said, uh, getting into the alcoholic potations, as they put it. Uh, once again, a lot of colorful colors, uh, cool-looking glasses. Hopefully, they stick with the glasses thing. Uh, and uh, interesting things, like I said, the fuzzy tauntaun, which like I said was mentioned in the uh, both of the books, I believe, the the Thrawn and the uh, the. Uh, Hondo book. Okay, real quick. Uh, how was it mentioned? Just they went up to a... Uh, somebody was actually ordering it. Some Hondo or somebody that was actually... People were actually ordering the drinks while they were in this cantina. I don't think that cantina had different names in the books, though, because it was a different proprietor, but... That's cool. Uh, a Bloody Rancor. Oh, the Fuzzy Tauntaun, as you can probably gather by the name, is basically a fuzzy navel, but with different looking stuff uh a bloody rancor is basically a bloody mary-esque drink the uh they have a what's called a yub nub <laughs> which is a rum punch with passion fruit seeds that is funny they have a jedi mind trick oh it is botanical flavors grapefruit bitterness and meant to start and finish in different ways whatever the hell that means what is it but botanical flavors is that like flowery yes i would say so yeah they have what's called the Outer Rim, which is appropriate since we're in. This is in the Outer Rim, and uh, it's basically a margarita with a black salt rim. You're oh. an Outer Rim. That like is that. that's using it correctly. <laughs> I would drink that. I would try that. Yeah, I mean, I like margaritas. Yeah. Black salt. T sixteen Skyhopper. The rest of these don't have any. Oh, some do. Uh, Dagobah Slug Slinger. Jet Juice. Spearian Spearin Calf. Bespin Fizz, Bad Motivator IPA, so they're going to have their own oh, micro brews. Right. They probably have a micro brew somewhere making their making beer for them. Uh, Tonneray, which I believe is in one of the books. Tonneray, it is a teal and bubbly, just like the Alderon version, whatever that means. Uh, White Wampa Ale, which is a wheat beer. And then Spice Runner, which is a dark red cider, which I will be 100% trying. Yeah. Uh, It says keep an eye out for the brewer of the beers on special tap handles in the cantina. Now, it just reminds you that uh, Oga's Cantina and Black Spire Outpost will be the only place guests can get alcoholic beverages in Disneyland. And that beverages must be consumed inside of Oga's. 
So here's my question. Are is this the only place that they have food and drink in the land? No. We are not done. Okay. There is basically two places. There are three places. I'm sorry. There's three places for food and drink. And it is a lot of food and drink. And, of course, it just reminds you, as I said, about DJ RX or R3X, a, also known as Captain Former Rex. Okay, <laughs> next. Uh, we, when uh, Galaxy's Edge concept art first came out, they showed you what looked like a barbecue that had a uh, pod racer engine that was hanging, oh, right, shooting right. down, and yeah. they made it look like that was going to be some big barbecue joint or something. Well, that is going to be a place called Ronto Roasters. That's a big lie. Whoa. What? It's real. Yeah, it's oh, real. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to, like, uh, you know, at uh, Brea Mall, they have that one Chinese place there at the corner yeah. that has that big uh, round thing right. that they're cooking the food on? Yeah. And you, it has the big hood. Yeah. That's what that it kind of reminds me of that. But, yeah, uh, yeah Ronto Roasters is going to be the, he's going to be roasting meat on a spit. <laughs> roast that meat roast that meat it's an open air establishment it's owned by a guy named Bakar he's a huge pod racing fan mm. uh, he runs it with the help of his droid AD, 8DJ8 uh, the shop is decorated with pod racing flags and flare and Bakar has modified the actual pod racing engine to roast Ronto meat uh, for those of you that may not remember uh, for the Star Wars special edition uh, when they go to Moss Eisley, they added those big uh, brontosaurus-looking uh, creatures walking around Moss Eisley when they first get there. They're walking around in the background, and there's like uh, Jawas riding them, and then one of them kind of rears up, and Jawa falls off, and he's hanging. You don't remember that? No. Okay. Tim, mm. are you paying attention? Nope. Okay. What else is new? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyways, that's a Ronto. Uh, these are going, he's going to be serving, basically he's importing Ronto meat from Tatooine, uh, which would imply that it's not far. Yoda's not far. No, no, wait. Tatooine, not far. Not far. Uh, Tatooine, not far. I mean, Tatooine, we do know is in the outer rim, but, uh, you would presume that, uh, Tatooine's not too far because otherwise, you know, that Ronto meat would spoil. Uh, you can't trust these, uh, these, uh, these, uh, you know, these, uh, cold shipping containers, you know, in space, you know. I was going to say, isn't it cold in space anyway? <laughs> uh, I suppose so. <laughs> it's the cold. Now, they will be serving uh, different things at Ronto's Roasters. Ronto Roasters. Uh, they will have a, a Ronto wrap, which will be a wrap with roasted pork and spiced grilled Portuguese sausage topped with a slaw and spicy clutch sauce and a pita. Now, uh, I know it's probably something that you're not going to try. Right. But uh, it does look very yummy. Uh, I think Tim would be more than willing to uh, eat that. I'll put it in my mouth. <laughs> and that's all you needed to know about that. Uh, they will have sweet teriyaki turkey jerky. <laughs> uh, they took into account that the excessive heat from the pod race engine would dry meat out, hence the jerky. Mm. Uh, now, obviously, it's, this is also supposed to be Ronto meat, but it is... Uh, uh, the uh, Ronto wrap is por- pork and Portuguese sausage. This is turkey jerky. They will also have a spicy... You're a turkey jerky. Besides having the sweet teriyaki turkey jerky, they will also have a spicy herb turkey jerky. And then they will have uh, three drinks, 
which are the Sour Sarlacc, the Tatooine Sunset, and Mailerun Juice. Uh, for people that watch uh, Star Wars Rebels, Mailerunes are those uh, big red uh, fruits that they... Uh, there was actually in the very first episode of Rebels uh, when uh, Ezra helps the uh, the vendor in the streets. He's selling Mailerunes. And then later on, they have to steal some Mailerunes. Oh. But it's a big red like uh, fruit. But, uh, oh, I take it back. There's actually four plate. Oh, okay. Maybe there's some of these places only have like one thing. So maybe there's like five different places with food. Uh, the person who wrote this says that they definitely can't wait to try the Ronto wrap again. They highly recommend that. Uh, the spice isn't a straightforward hot sauce taste. It's more complex and a little smoky. It hits you in the back of your throat. The beverages are all non-alcoholic, light, and fruity. They would all be refreshing on a warm day. The Tatooine Sunset has a touch of a desert pear that makes it their top pick. Cool. Uh, moving over to another place that will presumably just some sort of walk-up type uh, deal uh, will be the milk stand. There will you'll be able to, of course, get your blue milk, but it will not just be regular blue milk. This will be frozen blue milk. Whoa. Interesting. Uh, this uh, With much added sugar, uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Galaxy's Edge milk stand will be run by a guy named Bubba Wamba. Bubba. So basically, this is their Bubba. Actually, Bubba Wamba. This is, this is Bubba their, Wamba. The blue milk is what they're trying to do. Their version of the uh, what's the Harry Potter butter beer? Well, they're trying to do their version of blue milk, which uh, people have been looking forward to for forty years. Forty. Well, blue milk was introduced in Star Wars. Remember, that's what Luke is drinking when he's with bitching with Uncle Owen. Yeah. Do you ever watch? Do have you even seen Star Wars? No. Yes. The blue milk wasn't the thing that I was focused on. Okay. Was it Leia's buns? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, the milk stand is run by Bubo Wamba Farms. No, uh, maybe a relation to Bubba. I don't know. And they will serve uh, the iconic space beverage in a newer, newer iteration with frozen blue milk and frozen green milk. Food and beverage concept development director, somebody, described the texture as being like a smoothie, almost like a milkshake. But it is a plant-based dairy, is a plant dairy-based drink. They are all vegan. Uh, the blue bantha milk is described as having berry notes, while the green... Thala Siren milk from the Last Jedi will have a tropical flavor. How can they say? How can they say vegan and dairy based in the same? Statement? No, non plant dairy based. Oh, plant dairy. Plant That's dairy based. Dairy words, literally means milk based. Plant dairy. dairy. Like plant, so, they've plant. milked the plant. Sure. Of course, the green one is. Uh, I made the comment that uh, it doesn't make any sense that the green one is being served as a frozen drink because the green. Follow Siren milk should definitely be served uh, hot, just like Luke likes it out of his drink, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. All right, another little, uh, just a walk-up little place, I assume, is a place called Katsaka's Kettle. That, I just, that sounds uh, something people cat, say in Boston. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke, people. Katsaka's Kettle. <laughs> Katsaka's kettle. As you wander through the marketplace, browsing wares and exploring stalls, this so this is probably going to be something that's going to be like uh, like uh, 
Bengal barbecue or something like that. It's going to be oh, just okay. like next to a uh, probably a uh, store. Uh, it's when gonna... did they start selling ri- serving rice at the Bengal barbecue? Uh, since we announced it on the podcast. No, uh, you're talking about from that uh, that platter. Yeah, I, well, I saw today somebody walking with a platter that was uh, yeah. That that's had the rice one that on that's it. the one that Giselle's been talking about for months that yeah. she gets. Yeah, uh, yeah, they started that sometime last year. I don't remember when it was, but probably November, maybe October. Right I don't know. Uh, Katsaka's kettle serves outpost mix. It is a sweet and salty popcorn mix with a little bit of spices that's dark red and purple. Katsaka's <laughs> a local farmer to Blackspire Outpost and harvests different kinds of grains. One of her favorite things to do is to travel around the galaxy and collect various spices and bring them back to Batu to use in her cooking. So apparently Katsaka is a woman from Batu. So this is basically just a popcorn stand, to be honest. It's just basically like a, uh, like a, and that's what the popcorn looks like. Doesn't look very. Popcorn. Looks like sort. red popcorn. It's weird. It's like somebody bled all over some popcorn, I guess. All right. So if you want to get into the deep, deep food, here we go. Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo. Now, we've been talking for some months since they first appeared, uh, people getting photos of this, that there was a building that had what looked like a cargo shuttle on top of it. And we've been mentioning that there had been some speculation that that would be a quick service food window. Well, that has been verified. Now, we don't exactly know whether it's just that one window on top out of the, uh, the main place or if there's also something below it or how big this place is because some of the stuff being sold out of here doesn't seem like it's uh, something that would come out of a quick service window like uh, going to Tomorrowland Terrence. You know, Terrence? it's just not like some, uh, it's just not like hamburger and fries or yeah. or uh, chicken fingers or something. There's some like uh, quality food coming out of this place. Not like the Tomorrowland Terrence? No. So the Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo is the Galaxy's Edge quick service restaurant with many bold options for adult and children. Uh, the chef is none other than Strano Tugs, a.k.a. Cookie. He used to be chef at Maz Kanata's Tokadana Castle until the First Order wrecked it in, in uh, Force Awakens. Uh, well, you know, at least he got a new job. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, but, you know, cooks are pretty, uh, you know, I mean, Chef Oscar, he could have gotten a job anywhere if he wanted to. <laughs> if true. Disneyland was destroyed, he could go anywhere. That's true. <laughs> Uh, he actually appeared in a short story uh, about a cooking competition in the uh, the short story book uh, that came out during the uh, Countdown to Force Awakens called Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away, Aliens. Uh, he had a story in there. Uh, these, these, these days, these days, these days, he's a, he has a traveling kitchen and restaurant thanks to a modified uh, words transport. He, he's proud to serve Tug's Grub. Oh, traveling di- di- dinner or traveling diner for diners traveling in Black Spire. Here's what you can order. The Braves, the Braised Shack Roast. I mean, Shack's pretty big, so I mean, you could probably get a, quite a bit of roast out of it. I was going to say, I was like, whoa, poor Shack. But uh, it's basically a beef pot roast with uh, cavatelli pasta, kale, and mushrooms. But you can see what I mean. That is definitely no, uh, definitely no quick service uh, mm. regular 
Disneyland. Yeah, it's like the smallest piece of pot roast I have ever seen in my whole life. Well, you don't know what the you don't know how big this is. This is what they gave them to sample. I mean, for uh, for all we know, the I mean, it has to be for them to sell it out of there. It's got to be a little bit bigger portions than what you get from say food and wine. Uh, next up is the fried yip yip. <laughs> uh, yip yip is fried chicken, basically. Not batter fried, though. And it has roasted vegetables, roasted vegetable mash, and a green herb gravy. And then they have a Felucian garden spread, which is a vegan meatballs with herb hummus, tomato cucumber relish, and a pita bread. They have a Thorian garden loaf, which is a vegan meatloaf served with roasted vegetable mash, seasonal vegetables, and mushroom sauce. They have what's called kadu ribs, which are smoked country-style pork ribs cut in a way unique to Docking Bay 7 with a blueberry corn muffin and cabbage slaw. You should try and find out who the chef is going to be over there and see if it's anybody like, you know, a name or something. Yeah, like... uh, um... I was thinking that like the, one of those guys that's like it goes to the hotels a lot or yeah. I was just thinking like the, um, the chef from um, was it uh, that restaurant Cattell? Is that what it's called? Cattell, Cattell, whatever. Uh-huh. In downtown Disney. Okay. I believe he's the same chef as a uh, uh, Club Thirty Three. Oh, okay. So I was wondering if he that's his menu or anything. I'll see. Right, because it's all see, it's all very fancy. It's, yeah. There's there's nothing. I mean, you look at these. I mean, there's nothing quick service about any of the way that any of these look. Yeah, they all look like they all look like basically promo photos for like uh, the food at uh, the food and wine festival. But you could tell it's a bit like right here. You could tell that this is a bit bigger portion than anything you would get in food and wine if this is an actual portion, Tim. Eh. If it is, well, what else? I mean, they're it's not gonna... definitely bigger than food and wine. Well, yeah. Then again, that could be a really, really small cup. I doubt it. I mean, you look at the size of the bro- the the vegetables and stuff. Uh, what I was just showing is an oven roasted burra fish. It is a Dijon crusted sustainable fish with mixed greens, roasted vegetables, and curry ranch dressing. Uh, they also have an oven roasted yip yip, which is roasted <laughs> chicken with mixed greens, roasted vegetables, quinoa. And green curry ranch dressing. These are all kind of like bowls. So that's what's in too. Yes. Uh, they have a yob shrimp noodle salad, which is a marinated noodle salad with chilled shrimp. Uh, they have a bunch of desserts, which probably have no names yet, but they include a raspberry cream puff with passion fruit mousse and a chocolate cake with white chocolate mousse and coffee custard. Uh, the chocolate disc on these desserts depict Black Spire Outpost emblem. So uh, they're mostly probably going to be the usual size of your usual small desserts that have like a little uh, chocolate disc with some sort of logo on it. Uh, they also have a couple drinks there. They have a fat tro, which apparently is a alcoholic beverage in the Clone Wars cartoon, but here it appears as a non-alcoholic beverage. And then they also have something called Moof Juice. (laughs) 
which I have no words. <laughs> it's made of moof. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, the children's menu includes small portion sizes of the yob shrimp noodle salad and the fried yip yip. You're a fried yip yip. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, here's what the to be named desserts look like. Well, even they're plated really fancy. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it says Disney hasn't yet decided whether they will relabel water bottles to be in-universe, as in like what Harry Potter does with relabel all their water to it's be gold. currently undecided. Goalie water. Uh, you would have to assume that they're going to do something like that. Uh, it sounds like they will get imports of soda to Black Spire Outpost, so uh, they might be actually maybe getting some sort of like uh, craft soda, maybe. That would be kind of inter- interesting hmm. or something like that. Uh, if not, they're definitely going to have some sort of soda on tap that they'll probably just rename or something like right. that or like i said maybe if it's just like a black generic, spire cola right black spire cola or, or ooh, black spire black cherry cola oh <laughs> stop i can't have sugar <laughs> <laughs> all right so that is the food and drinks uh, moving on to Tim was talking about merchandise, merchandise, merchandise. <laughs> uh, the way that the merchandise is going to work, you have to presume that they are going to be ready for the, uh, you know, the amount of people that they're going to have, that they're going to have enough merchandise. Oh, Presumably yeah. there's somewhere, someone, somebody somewhere in a sweatshop is cranking up all, cranking out all of these, uh, these handmade toys and stuff and whatever the packaging is going to be and all that. Made by star children. Yes. <laughs> uh, there are going to be several uh, different... Intergalactic sweatshop. Uh, there's going to be several different uh, shops. Uh, you're not going to... Like uh, we've uh, stressed before, everything's going to be in-universe. Uh, you're not going to... They stress that you're not going to be seeing a product with the giant Star Wars logo emblazoned on the front. Uh, you're not going to... Or you're not... And the, they are very specific about this. You will not be exiting an attraction into a gift shop. That is notable because it's the first actual mention of that I have seen. Instead, I had almost everything will be a gift shop. Well, basically, (laughs) uh, because I had always assumed that at least the Millennium Falcon ride being where it's placed in the town itself, that I always assumed that it would uh, exit into the gift shop, exit through the gift shop, uh, as Banky would say, or Banksy, right? Banksy, yeah. but according to this, you will not exit attraction in the gift shop. You will exit the attraction, and then there will be a gift shop across the street, probably. So, cool. I mean, either way, there's gift shops. Uh, I guess they figured that they don't really need to sell the gifts because the whole place is a gift shop. <laughs> uh, there's going to be lots of shops. Uh, you will be able to have, buy handmade items from a Tordarian toy maker, purchase Jedi and Sith artifacts from an Ithorian collector, build your own droid or lightsaber. Or maybe even adopt a creature from a merchant stall along the winding village streets. Okay, the first place that we'll just go through real fast is a place called Doc Ondar. Doc Ondar? Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. Doc Ondar himself was actually referenced by Kira in Star Wars, uh, or in Solo. Okay. Uh, when they're talking about Black Spire. Uh, he has run the play. He has run quite the place for his vast collection. He's a key figure in the black market, and he runs this place. It is filled with items. The Athorian, uh, he is one of uh, he is an Athorian. He's one of the what uh, people who don't know Star Wars names would refer to as a hammerhead. Oh, that's right. I remember him. 
Uh, there will be a animatronic Doc Ondar in the shop. Cool. Is he gonna uh, be like, is he gonna be like Bing Bong? Uh, he's two hundred forty five <laughs> years old. No, because he's actually he's an animatronic, so he's actually gonna freaking move. Oh, not just a speaker making. Not noise. just gonna be a speaker making noise. <laughs> Uh, he is 245 years old. He will be presiding over the shop, going about his day. Uh, never, He'll never repeat the same actions thanks to carefully programmed animations. Pegged to two modes, happy or frustrated. Mm-hmm. He can interact with cast members in his native Athorian. So, he'll never repeat the same actions, but he only has two emotions. <laughs> uh, you have to assume that there's going to be probably uh, cast members that are trained in that particular shop will have probably pre uh, pre uh, ordained or preset uh, interactions that they could have with him when he turns to speak to them. They probably have stuff that they'll be able to say back yeah. to him. It'll they'll be, be a performing really, weddings. It'll be a really nice touch if uh, they actually uh, the cast members that are willing will they even learn some Ethorian to speak back to him. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah, I would. but uh, besides being a place prime place to look for Easter eggs from across Star Wars films, animated series, and published materials. The Din of Antiquities is a place to shop for Jedi and Sith artifacts. Uh, do you want a replica of one of the statues in Palpatine's office, a bust of Mace Windu, or even a fancy boxed legacy lightsaber that Doc Ondar has found somewhere in the galaxy? You can buy the hilt alone or buy a separate blade. The blade will know what color it should be based on which hilt you pair it with. Whoa. Doc Ondar even sells display stands for your lightsaber and bell hooks for the... Hilts. These are the lightsabers that they will be selling in there. Examples of them. Uh, cool. They will be most likely uh, kind of on par with uh, not Ponfar or not Ondar, but uh, they will be on par with kind of like the whole uh, wand choosing experience in Harry Potter, where they do the whole wand choosing thing and the wand, and they you pick a wand and the guy gives it to you, and then they uh, shame you into buying it. <laughs> There you go. Is that they're going to do lightsabers? I assume that it's going to be maybe something similar to that because uh, each time all like, yeah, the color knows which hilt it goes with and all that. Uh, you will also be able to discover Jedi and Sith holocrons. The holocrons communicate quotes and information from the galaxy, and you can even pop in a kyber crystal, which you can purchase, and you can unlock additional content from the devices. And I assume the kyber crystals will also have something to do with the lightsabers as well. Uh, these are what the, uh, the holocrons look like. What's it do? It's just what I said just now. They communicate quotes and information from the galaxy. Uh, basically, otherwise, it's just a really fancy prop. Because right. those have appeared in the series going back to Clone Wars. Uh, both of these styles appeared prominently in later seasons of uh, Rebels when uh, Darth Maul was trying to uh, seduce uh, uh, Ezra. Uh, moving over to the Toy Darian Toy Maker. For those of you that don't know, a Toy Darian is basically what Watto is. What Watto was in uh, in uh, Phantom Menace. The guy he talks like this. <laughs> I'm a Toy Darian. That's not very good. It I was, used to be actually. able to do it better, but uh, nestled within the marketplace, you'll find the Toy Darian Toy Maker. The owner of this stall, Zabaka. Not like. Banaka or Baraka <laughs> or Chewbacca, Zabaka. He has heard stories about heroes and characters from around the galaxy, and he has made plush toys like the ones you see in the above image. Well, you guys aren't seeing them because uh, you, this is audio. But uh, since I mentioned it, I might include the, the picture, this picture in the uh, episode photo just because I'm referencing it. 
So yeah, presumably uh, Zabaka himself has made all of the uh, toys himself, in addition to plus toys and carvings, of which there's a couple like uh, wood type carvings. Zabaka also sells musical instruments such as a Ewok drum and clue horn. The uh, the latter being an instrument uh, used by uh, the Cantina Band, and I think that's what this is too. I think this is another instrument. So it's really cool. I like the whole idea of having them having musical instruments. Uh, but you see all of the the plushes and stuff. I don't need there. that thing. I can play the the with your mouth. With my mouth. Uh, you can play the instrument yourself, or you can press a button button and it'll play uh, play pre-programmed music. Like yes. Uh, you can uh, annoy. You can play Cantina Band and annoy or delight everyone around you, just like Tim. So, <laughs> does it say annoy on there? Yes, it does. It says annoy or delight everyone around. Yeah, you. those won't last long. <laughs> uh, it's not pictured, but the toy the toy maker will also sell little portable fans that look like moisture evaporators from Star Wars. You know the little evaporators. Yeah, that's you know cool. the white things sticking up out of the ground. So it's going to be one of those little probably fans where the blades come out. And you cool yourself, but it's going to oh. look like a moisture evaporator. Uh, over at the creature stall, anyone who wants to take home a creature from the Star Wars universe can do so at the creature stall. Owned by an, uh, an Amani named Bina. 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 This marketplace stall seems practically alive with animatronic creatures. Uh, she won't be present. Bina herself won't be present as she's out collecting exotic creatures for her shop. But... There will be several animatronic creatures, almost think like a uh, tiki room, always going or something like that, oh. or even maybe like Rainforest Cafe, how there's always the stuff going on with the with the creatures on and the animals and stuff. Yeah, uh, think something like that. Uh, you'll be able to purchase. Oh, uh, one cage has a moving wart. Another cage holds something softer and more cuddly. <laughs> uh, you can purchase small versions, uh, small versions of puffer pigs, rathtars, tauntauns, porgs, and more. All the creatures that they saw, basically what's in the photo, all have special movement and or sound a, fe- a sound feature. Over at Savvy's Workshop, you will be able to, uh, as it reminds that it's set loosely in the time after The Last Jedi, it's not a popular time to be a Jedi enthusiast, but uh, Savvy apparently is. He owns Savvy's Workshop and uses scraps of lightsabers and fragments from the Jedi's past to work with his gatherers to pass along the art of crafting a lightsaber. He wants to keep the spark of hope alive and inspire everyone to be heroes like the Jedi. This is part experience guided by Savvy's gatherers and part retail. It starts with you picking your story. Pizza and Justice, a Jedi-inspired lightsaber pieces, power and control, Sith-inspired lightsaber pieces, elemental nature, nature-inspired lightsaber pieces, or protection and defense, which are ancient lightsaber pieces. The story will dictate which set of lightsaber pieces you receive, and you will choose your kyber crystal purple, green, blue, or red, and build your own lightsaber, a hilt, and a blade, uh, and the 14 guests will be able to build lightsabers at a time. Oh, that's cool. So, so this is going to be... new build your own? But build your own real-looking lightsaber, not a, probably not a plastic lightsaber. You're right, yeah, clearly nicer, but do you think they'll be as nice as the ones that they're currently selling, the removable blade? No, I think it's going to be something maybe like... Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be these ones here that are in the photo for later on for the costumes. They do show some lightsabers, which I don't know if that's what they are. But, I mean, 
there's only really concept art for that, so it's really not specific whether it's going to be really nice uh, lightsaber parts. It definitely goes into a lot more detail, being that you're going to have like the kyber crystal and the whole story with it. Uh, once again, this is kind of along the same lines as the picking the wand in Harry Potter, uh, whereas you pick a storyline that you want to go with with your lightsaber, and then you'll be able to pick your colors and your all that stuff. So... Uh, it just may it said basically says build your own lightsaber a hilt and the blades so uh it almost like the even maybe the blades it might be something more along the lines of like the ones that they sell in the park that are already put together the ones that light up that are have the nice but nicer blades right it might be something like that they've figured out how a way to deconstruct those where you can build them or something like that i don't know i've heard that this is all new that lightsaber thing is uh they filed new patents and stuff i believe it yeah because uh, it probably goes along with some of those patents that we've seen uh, uh, in the past. Not Patton Oswalt, but the patents that we've uh, seen uh, dealing with lightsabers and stuff. We did see a couple of those. Uh, next up is the Droid Depot. Uh, we've actually found out the Droid Depot uh, does have their own... Uh, I know that's one of the places that does have a very specific uniform that goes with it. The uh, Droid Depot, they will have uh, be able to build your own droid. Cool. Uh, the the uh, the uh, the owner is named Mubu Mubo. He owns the Droid Depot. He's a very tech savvy and likes to build and share his knowledge. He won't be present in the shop because you know, apparently everybody's out doing things stuff except for the Athorian. But uh, you'll be able. To, he's left you in the capable hands of his team. You'll be able to choose brand new droid parts from a conveyor belt. Take them to build station. Follow instructions to assemble your highly custom-made R-series or BB-series droid. Each of the droids that you'll be able to build are approximately 12 inches tall. So we're not talking about little droid builders like that's at uh, Star Trader. We're talking about like full-size, cool-looking droids about a foot tall. So they basically just increase the size of what they had over there. Well, and they're a lot more than that, though. It's not just like an oversized Star Wars figure, which is what those are just basically figures. Uh, you'll be able to place it in an activation station once you're done. Once your droid is activated, it lights up and makes sounds and everything, so it's not just a freaking oversized toy. Your droid can interact with other droids, Ooh. and you'll be able to put it on the ground, and it'll interact around the village. That is crazy. Now, how many people are going to be tempted when with freaking thousands of people walking around? It'll be like five years from now before we can actually take our droids over and have them walk around. Because don't forget, you're also going to have to deal with strollers. Exactly. Well, and if there's a droid on the ground, I mean, chances are somebody's going to kick one. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, droid Depot also has some ready-to-buy options. They have a C-3PO toy that interacts with your actions. If you take his head off, he'll have something to say about it. <laughs> they also have a BB-8 and R2-D2 at the same scale as the customizable ones. And you can pick up droid keychains. And the coolest of all, they have a, uh, to be assumed by the scale that he's shown in the picture, they also have another uh, RX-24. Uh, so uh, DJ Rex, he operates with a remote. He plays Star Tours audio, and he'll connect to your smart device to play classics like Jedi Rocks. <laughs> That's cool. And he also has DJ sound effects like the classic air horn, which that just means to tell me that I need to get one to use on the podcast. <laughs> Is that like the new one where they go wah 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 wah? But uh, those are what the droids. Those are what the droids look like, including Rex there in the center. You're what a droid looks like. And I'm on a roll tonight, aren't I? No. Uh, no. You're a hit or miss. 
But he looks really cool. I, I like, like the Rex. But yeah, he looks really awesome. The I other like, ones are kind of eh. Well, they're like build droids, you know. Uh, that's obviously the the ready-made B, uh, BB-8, and that's the ready-made R2, but the rest will be all the different designs. It's basically the same order as what you said, like a Star Trader, but they're much more detailed and larger and cool. Cool. Uh, there's also special packaging for the custom Astromech units in the uh, in the uh, that are being sold at the Droid Depot. All Galaxy's Edge products will have inter-universe packaging as much as possible with limited point-of-sale footprints. The first order will have nicer, more structured packaging, while the rest of Black Spire has more resourceful, their out-of-necessity packaging. They'll be offering reusable bags for sale and will minimize using the usual Disneyland plastic bags. So in other words, like if you're buying anything that's in the first order section, which we know from some of the descriptions, the first order section of uh, Black Spire Outpost is the far right of it. When you walk in, uh, that's where we know that there's a new TIE fighter that's going to be over there, and the the Black Spire uh, Stormtrooper uh, are going to be stationed over there. Uh, any of the stores that are going to be over there presumably will have the nicer packaging. And then as you get further away to places probably like the Torridarian or some of those will have uh, more cheaper-looking uh, quote-unquote cheaper packaging. But you see here the droids have their own uh, cool boxes that they come in. All right, the rest of these are just uh, uh, like clothing, and we'll go through these real fast. One is uh, Black Spire Outfitters. That's where you'll be able to shop for galactic styling for the entire family. Uh, there's definitely there's uh, mainly like uh, different Star Wars inspired stuff, Jedi outfits, uh, just casual outfits. There's like a Ray outfit. Uh, you can get uh, a replica of uh, Princess Leia's white dress from uh, Star Wars. Mm. Uh, over at First Order Cargo, you will be able to buy uh, items from the uh, First Order who are just recently arrived on Batu, is specifically the 709th Legion, aka the Red Fury. Uh, some people are happy about it, apparently. Those who support the First Order can shop at the First Order Cargo near the Thai Echelon. As I mentioned, the new Thai that's going to be there, you'll be able to buy badges, flags, and wearables, which means uh, First Order uniforms, apparently, as yeah. well. Yeah. Because they show this stuff. Uh, the flag is really cool. Uh, over at the Resistance Supply, which will be uh, presumably over near the Resistance Base on the far left. You will be able to get uh, resistance. It's a makeshift shop. Uh, you'll be able to find merchandise emblazoned with the um, resistance Starbird logo. Uh, also, uh, they'll have a apparel such as the uh, orange jacket that looks similar to from Empire Strikes Back, and it is actually made from blueprints from Lucasfilm Ar Lucasfilm archives. That was pretty. So cool. they are pretty accurate to uh, the movie. Uh, you'll know. Uh, well, you won't notice because you haven't seen them yet, but uh, anybody who has seen them may notice that a few of the offerings and the costumes and stuff look like they look like costumes. Uh, Disney parks currently have regulations about costumes for adults. They're still finalizing how that will be handled for Galaxy's Edge. We have to assume that they're going to have to do some sort of uh, what Universal does. Well, Universal's pretty easy to go as, as it is. They're not as picky with costumes. But Disneyland didn't used to be either. No, then. But uh, what they think they're going to have to do is just turn around and just say anything Star Wars is okay. 
as long as you're not wearing masks, as long as you're not like, you know, doing stuff like that. Uh, or they can do one of those things where if it's a, if it's sold in there, you can wear it. Or I don't know. They're going to have to make an exception because there's obviously even probably going to be people that want to wear costumes opening day. Uh, I mean, they're just going to have to make an exception. Yeah. They're going to have to say Star Wars costumes are fine as long as you don't wear a mask. That's all. Or a cape. No capes. No. no. Well, so, capes have their own issues. So there goes my Krennic. Uh, there goes my Krennic. I can't do Krennic with the big long cape. But uh, <laughs> Now, the, the only problem I see here is one of the weird things about this is that uh, you're not dressing like any characters, although you may if they sell Ray costumes and they still decide to have Ray or something. But uh, the interesting thing here is that they appear to be selling uh, costumes that, uh, that uh, are replicas of cast member costumes. Which seems very odd, but uh, moving on to the next thing, everybody, uh, I don't know if everybody's had a chance to try it, but uh, we've talked about it before, and uh, we knew that hopefully there would probably be some sort of interaction with it, and that's the Disney Play app. Now, the Disney Play app will have the uh, interaction with the Disney, uh, with uh, Galaxy's Edge, and... Uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge is this says the Galaxy's Edge is the first land designed from the ground up to integrate with the app. When you enter the world of Batu, the Disney pl- uh, pl- the Play Disney Parks app will switch modes using Bluetooth technology and location services and become a Star Wars data pad. So it'll switch from whatever it looks like now to come something completely different based on location and Bluetooth, and uh, it'll switch to uh, being strictly Star Wars. The data pad has four tools to encourage to interact with Galaxy's Edge. Hack, scan, translate, and tune. Uh, Hack will be able to let guests communicate with devices and droids around Galaxy's Edge to learn information and maybe into droids' memory banks. Scan is made for using the app to read and decrypt shipping labels around on crates and cargo in Batu. So it'll be using kind of like uh, QR scanning technology probably to do something like that, and things will have little... Easter eggs. Uh, Translate will actually help guests read the Auerbisch and other unfamiliar writing carved or painted onto the walls and or interpret alien spoken language or like maybe the Athorian language Doc Ondar of Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquity speaks. So somehow or another, maybe you could turn the app on and hold it up. I guess it's what it's implying that you'll be able to hold it up and it'll translate what Doc Ondar is saying for you. Like a universal translator. Yeah, real quick, it sounds like, because on the Disney Play app, it's uh, basically like the map of Disneyland. So it sounds like once you get in there, you're going to go to that app or that you know section, and that map of Disneyland is gone. Right. That's what it sounds like. Right. Uh, and then the fourth uh, function, Tune, which will function as an eavesdropping, essentially. Guests can align, align themselves with one of the three different factions, First Order, Resistance, or Scoundrels. Tune shows available transmissions that may be related to your faction or could just be villagers communicating. You might have to unscramble secret transmissions. Uh, The app also has jobs boards, too, and the above tools will be helpful in completing them. In the Galaxy's Edge 2 attractions, Rise of the Resistance and the Smuggler's Run, you have two jobs available in each queue. The jobs will provide more context to complement the ride. For example, in the Smuggler's Run queue, you can learn to be a smuggler as an employee of Onaka Transport Solutions and acquire all the space pirate skills you need. 
If you want to enroll in a bigger stakes activity, you can play a land-wide game to hack door panels to either help the First Order or the Resistance. The First Order is planting surveillance cameras, and the Resistance is trying to disable the cameras. The side with control of the most door panels wins, and players align with the side case exclusive in-game digital rewards such as costume elements to upgrade your avatar. Guests can opt in as much or as little as they want, and they can play together. It can often be one or a one-and-done experience, or you can carry out jobs across multiple visits. Families or groups of friends can use a single app and sign up different participants so that everyone will have a role to play. Oh, and keep out for Easter eggs across the entire Star Wars galaxy while completing your missions. Fun. Woo! Yeah. I think that's basically it about that. I think that's all I've got to say about that. We're not happy, but yet we're excited. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pretty a, much sums uh, up being a Disney fan. Super excited, a, uh, but not happy about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a, uh, kind of a, you know... <laughs> Our expectations are tempered by the fact that they've now announced there's only one ride, but, you know, it's it's really like... Uh, I well, mean, imagine if you're not a pass holder. Imagine if you're not a regular visitor and you're... Then you're probably one of those people that's bitching, I don't like Star Wars. Why do they ruin Disneyland with Star Wars? <laughs> no, I just mean that if you're going to... You're going to go and experience this area. Then you have to know area. that you're not going to be able to do it right away. You have to know those sort of things. You have to be realistic. People have to be realistic. I'm being realistic that I'm being realistic that I won't get in before, be able to go before summer. Yeah, but you live right here. You can go. You just can't go. I mean, you have to have reservations, and then you have to well, have a what pass, about, and what about, uh, blackouts, and... What about the, uh, the DOS pass? Well, that is a good question. Yeah, they haven't mentioned that, that at all. I assume that DOS Pass is going to be handled the normal way. That's what I was thinking. That it too. would be whatever the most extreme that the DOS Pass is handled in the regular parks. Because what's basically the, the hardest place to use a DOS Pass? Or is there any place that doesn't accept that you can't use it? No, anything. So, what's the hardest place to use it? I mean, it would racers. make sense, I guess, if you. Not uh, hardest, but the longest way to be racers. I mean, if you. If you go to the kiosk in the hub or wherever, and you say, "Okay, here I have a reservation. I'm gonna. I got a 4 p.m. reservation to go into Galaxy's Edge or, or whenever your time is." I mean, obviously, the problem is, is that assuming that they're even gonna have some sort of fast pass line or anything for these attractions, uh, presumably, if they are planning on adding Max Pass later, that they've actually designed a fast pass line or a DOS line or something into the ride. Uh, so that way people, because uh, with uh, these rides, it doesn't sound like something you can just go in through the exit, like like some rides where you can just go through the exit and get on the ride. These are all going to be fully interactive experiences. You know, the, with the you know with uh, the Smuggler's Run, you got to go through and see Hondo and all of the setup for the ride because everything has a story. The Rise of the Resistance, you got to get on the shuttle and take the shuttle and then end up on the First Order base. It's all part of the story. So it's not like you could really too skip too much. You know, it's not like Guardians where you can go on Guardians. So you're going to go through the Fast Pass line, you're going to skip all the displays, but you're still getting the full story experience because that ride was already designed like that. Yeah. So hopefully if they already have Max Pass in mind that they're designing uh, Max Pass slash DOS uh, lines into it. So here's hoping. Right. And all right, just to put a cap on the whole Galaxy's Edge discussion for now, 
the will be probably uh, any other information that's going to come out of Galaxy's Edge will probably come out of uh, the panel that was announced today that will be in a month at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. And uh, they are going to have a specific panel just for Galaxy's Edge. And presumably that's when you will find out. I'm going to guess that that might be when we find out when Phase 2 opens. Or, uh, I mean, because what else is there to know? Right. Why would they need a whole panel for Galaxy's Edge if they've already just done this big info dump? Or are they just going to be a re- rehash of everything they we just talked about? Or is there going to be all brand new information? Are they going to have more information about the ride specifically? Are they going to have uh, information about when stuff's going to open and stuff? You know, uh, like the, the Rise of the Resistance and all that are going to open. Or I don't know. Anybody who's going to be at Star Wars Celebration, I don't know if anybody who listens to this podcast is going to Star Wars Celebration. Probably not. But <laughs> if you are, uh, definitely go to that panel. If there's anybody that's listening that is going to be there uh, and you're going to go to that panel, email us, mousebuyer at gmail.com. And uh, we would uh, expect and uh, hope for a full report on that panel from you. Otherwise, we all know that we'll be able to probably follow along live tweeting the panel of several different people on Twitter. So either way, we'll find out what happens in the panel, whether it's from you or whether it's on our own. We don't need you. (laughs) Sorry, I got a little hostile there. He's still mad about the Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. No, seriously, though, if you guys... uh, He's still mad about the baby shark. If anything's uh, going, then uh, anybody's going, we definitely would appreciate some sort of uh, report about that. Uh, but other than that, that's it for Galaxy's Edge for now. Woohoo, moving on. Moving on to... Party! Yeah, Disney Afternoon Party, 90s. Or Disney After Dark. Disney After Dark. Disney Afternoon Themed. Disney Afternoon, 90s themed. It was uh, pretty cool. They uh, had a... Well, I was in line for a photo op. I was like, got there really quick, and um, well, we all know it was for Baloo. Of course. And I'm waiting in line, and of course, the cast members are saying, uh, letting people know that they're not guaranteed to get Baloo because, you know, they switch out. And uh, Who else was there? I believe it was Louie. Yeah, he was switching out with Louie. Because so, that was in uh, Adventureland, I believe, right? Yes, right there where they parked the strollers. So I'm waiting in line, and then, and there's like this guy in front of me, and he has an autograph book. I'm like, oh, crap. I don't need this guy <laughs> holding up blue for an autograph. And then there's a, there's a girl in front of me who was telling the cast member that she wanted to show blue her picture of her dog because her dog is named Mowgli. I'm like, I don't need this. You know, I don't need these people, you know, taking the time. And then oh, blue's going to leave because they took up my time. So I was just like, you know, this very not happened. So you chastised them publicly? No, I would have oh. if I missed blue. But I didn't miss blue. I got to take my picture, but before that, the cast member was it was pretty cool. They moved the line pretty uh, fast. They had about four cast members, like would uh, come up to you. So if you're the fourth one in line, the fourth came up to you. I do you want me to take pictures for you too as well? Because they had the photo pass. They preset it all up. Yeah, but if you wanted them to use your phone, your camera, you give it to them, and then they walk up with you, and then boom. You know, they're taking pictures, photo pass taking pictures, get in and get out. So I was like, that's pretty cool. So I, uh, she was saying, oh, um, 
uh, what are you looking for most most to this party? I said, I'm right here. This is why I'm here. <laughs> Just for Baloo. Baloo, exactly. Was he wearing his tailspin outfit? Yes, he was. Oh. He was wearing the tailspin outfit, which was really cool. So that was the my highlight on the night was that taking a picture with Baloo. Now, so after I, that, you just went home. I now, did. Uh, <laughs> I was a little surprised. Uh, so Baloo wasn't with the uh, Tailspin National Photo Op then. No, no. There was no uh, people Characters. at the photo op. So the, those, those backdrop photo ops that they had for the Disney afternoon, those were all just that. That was it. Just the photo op with no characters. Yeah. So, they, okay. so real quick, they had uh, over in... Uh, Fantasyland by It's a Small World, they had photo ops for Tailspin, DuckTales. They also had uh, Gummy Bears, and uh, what was the other Rescue one? Rescue Rangers. Rescue Rangers, that's right. So there was just photo ops, so you go you know, stand there and then you take a picture. Uh, similar to the photo ops they've had in the past for like uh, May the 4th or the Star Wars uh, After Dark Party last year, they have... They had backdrops. They've had the one of like a race speeder right. and stuff like that that are kind of those 3D backdrops. Uh, these ones, actually, I would actually maybe compare them more with like the 60th backdrops because a couple of them, I believe, were uh, forced perspective. Yes, yes. So they were used kind of that forced perspective where you stand behind something, behind one part of the photo op, and then there's the rest of the photo op is behind you, but when you back up, it looks like it's all one photo op yeah it was really cool but they also had like a little game thing going on so basically you stand in line you once you get up to the front or you know towards the photo op then they stamp your little map so you're completing this game thing or whatever it was so i didn't do that you know i was that wasn't important to me but i mean it was pretty cool little uh thing they were doing of course besides the blue and uh Louie, you had other photo ops, and of course the uh, lines were long. How long was how long did you wait? Actually, I they started early. They did start the photo op early. Party started at nine o'clock. I was in line at uh, at um, eight thirty, and I believe. And Louis, you had been hovering around the area since seven. No, no, because <laughs> I I went. I was in the in the front for I don't remember where I was, and I believe at eight forty five is when Baloo came out. So, because I I, was, I didn't see him, but I heard everyone cheering and clapping. So I believe it was which at, is technically early because the uh, party wasn't officially till nine, right? Yeah. So he came out early, so they started the line early. That's good. Um, I would say a little after nine is when I finally got up there. So it, it wasn't that bad. It started moving pretty quickly, but they also had um, they had Mulan and Mushu over Critter Crunchy 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 huh? <laughs> Country. I I didn't um. Go see them. I didn't go check that out. Who was that? Uh, Mulan and Mushu. Oh, okay. Uh, of course. Over... I mean, they're barely 90s. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then over in Fantasyland, they had uh, uh, Belle and Gaston. They had Dark Green Duck and Don Carnage. Hercules was there with Hades and uh, what's her name? Megora? Meg. Meg. Yeah. So, I mean, they had that. Um, what else? They had Pocahontas and... Miku was over there in Frontierland. Uh, why don't you tell us what the uh, the two biggest attractions were and what I heard had a three-hour line? Uh, photo ops? Yeah. That would be, of course, uh, Powerline. Yeah, Powerline. Goof, Goofy and Max. Goofy really? and Max in their Powerline costumes probably haven't been pulled out since. I've never seen that. If they're If they're not new... They probably haven't been out since the mid-90s, right after the Goofy movie. I can, Do you see a picture of... No, I don't have it. 
But I believe, I mean, I've never seen that. I have never seen those uh, costumes. Yeah, there were people, uh, I saw people, I saw legit people. I saw legit, like, uh, uh, animators and comic people that were stood in that line. And uh, they talked about being in line for uh, over two hours. Wow. Well, I mean, because it's funny because uh, they were, like you said, in Tomorrowland. And on the on the program guide, it said Goofy and Max. So it has no mention of power line at all. You just assumed Goof Troop. Yes. Goof yes. Troop costumes. Right. Right. So, yeah, they didn't have that or they didn't uh, actually tell you that it was power line. Uh, later on, uh, I, I didn't see it until after the fireworks. Uh, I got it. I showed uh, someone showed me a picture and I saw I said, oh, that's pretty cool. But real quick, just uh, the other. I can't photo- even find a picture. You search online Goofy Powerline costume, and all the pictures are either cartoons or cosplayers. You can't even find a photo. On well, if you go to Instagram. Well, yeah, yeah. All right, so the other real quick uh, character that I actually took a picture was uh, with was the monkeys from Fantasmic, which was really cool. They were out there. They even had one of the chairs. Oh, they had the King Louis chair out there that he sits on on the Fantasmic show. So that was really cool. They had that right in front of the center of uh, Rivers of America. So I got a picture with that. But, yeah, they had a lot of uh, character locations, a lot of character meet and greets. Um, but I only did those two. And, of course, you know, there was long lines for all the other ones. But, um, you know, you, you did have a lot of people complaining because only four hours and you only you couldn't get all everything done. But, I mean, we already said, you know, that's what's going to happen. And if that's what you're, you know, want to do characters, then that's all you're going to do. You're not going to do anything else but stay in line for characters. Right, uh, somebody, uh, two hours for Darkwing and Don Carnage. Two hours and counting, actually. Dang. Hope's fading. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, uh, <laughs> uh, 1.10 a.m., Tomorrowland. My dearest Josiah, we are going to die in this line. <laughs> All because we <laughs> want to meet Powerline Max. We are Barmy. <laughs> so... Are the uh, two point five hours and a lot of rain later, we finally got to meet Powerline Max. Dang. Are people cosplaying as Powerline, or are those char- character hosts of some kind? I can't tell you because I did not go over. Okay, there. here's the actual. Here's a picture of actual Powerline Max. Right, no, no, I've got it here on Instagram. But what I mean is, there's all these other people in Powerline outfits. Well, probably because they have people. Lots of people wore costumes to the to the uh, to the to the party. Okay, now it's pretty cool because. Uh, when we're over there in um, New Orleans or Nolens, whichever one with the front, um, they had a um, R&B group on the Mark Twain, and they were in the front of the. Interesting. Mark... Seems out of place. Well, I was thinking ninety songs. Oh, okay. So it was pretty cool, actually. And they, I mean, basically, it was just like, uh, I think it was like all acapella. Oh, that's I cool. I think it was. I don't remember. I just remember I heard him sing. But over in Tomorrowland, good old Terrence, they had a band. They had a band, and I was like, whoa, the band is back. Well, kind of. But they had a band over there playing, of course, 90s music, nice. which was really cool. So we, I was starting to think we never really had any bands that just played 90s music. It's not like it's 80s All-Stars <laughs> right. uh, or anything. I mean, 80s All-Stars can play uh, Ice Ice Baby. That was the only 90s <laughs> song that they ever played. True. But uh, this 90s band is actually... Uh, the people made up from Matt T. So 
it wasn't like a big deal or anything. But uh, it was cool to hear some of the 90s songs played over there. Like the, I'm talking about alternative music, you know, so that was really cool. And in the hub, they had DJ Wendy was uh, doing a really good job over there. It was really cool. Sugar, sugar, fries. Exactly. And, of course, they had the they had Disneyland Afternoon After Dark fireworks. Whoa. Now, that fireworks show was really cool because it was all the Disney Afternoon theme songs. I've heard of the fireworks show as one of was is one of the uh, the the more uh, the better ones that they've done. Uh, we of course last year we heard from uh, you know most people. Uh, I don't know about including yourself, but a lot of people that that was like the best fireworks show that they had ever done, or something like that. But uh, I wouldn't say this is the best fireworks show they ever done. It was just cool because of the, of the music. Right. That's all this fireworks was. It was about the music. It wasn't about the fireworks to me. Because it's basically the same old stuff, right? And it's nothing new, but and then they, they didn't. Even, yeah, you can't beat the music, right? Right. So, but the one thing I was like mm, iffy about because they they played the theme to uh, Gummy Bears. They played Gummy Bears. They bounced here and there and everywhere. Yeah. They also sure. play the music to um, Tailspin. They played uh, Darkwing Duck. Naturally. They played Rescued Rangers. Naturally. But then they played. The Powerline song. I mean, it's not really Disney Afternoon, exactly. but it is related to uh, the the Goofy movie. Is sort of related to Goof Troop, and I don't it, I don't go for that. It though. came out in the it came out in the nineties. It was like what ninety five or something like that. Was Goof, but it's still Goofy not movie. Disney Afternoon to me. No, it's not. But it is a nineties. Uh, I yeah, but it's it called the, Disney Afternoon after Dark Fireworks. Well, okay, that's I my mean, point. I know. I'm I not get complaining it. about the music. The, that song is a cool song. I mean, maybe whoever did it doesn't like the Goof Troop. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I, I was always kind of partial. I used to sing the Goof Troop. Theme, yeah, me too. So, I mean, but you know what? It was cool. It, I mean, I only want to know one thing: Did they play Bonkers? No. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> they drew the line. They drew the line in the sand. And they didn't even play the the uh, the gargoyles either. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. Although gargoyles was technically never part of the Disney Afternoon, but it came out later though. Like right. I mean, like, but it was never part of the Disney Afternoon. Yeah. So I think but that was the. Was, but neither, but neither was Powerline. So <laughs> exactly. So let's just keep going. I'm just gonna say that, uh, of course, uh, we got our gift. Um, the fanny pack, the Say by the Bell fanny pack, and uh, yeah, that's what we got. And then of course the AP corner had the the button for us, which was uh you know pretty cool, cool looking button. It's basically the fanny pack. Yeah. Uh, Tim will gladly play pay anybody fifty dollars for one right now. Who no. emails the who emails Tim, uh, no. Mousepire at timfresh dot com. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't exist. Now, I, do want, I do want one of the buttons very badly. He doesn't want a button, but it's not worth $50 to him. Of course not. So I'm just going to say real quick that this, uh, I went to the After Dark Star Wars event, and I mean, I didn't, I could care less about the Valentine's Day one. I'm pretty sure that this event was way better than the Valentine's Day one. Oh, I can guarantee that the, that in order of, uh, of uh, bestness, <laughs> bestness, I uh, would probably go just uh, 90s. Star Wars, and then probably somewhere between the Dapper and the uh, the Throwback and the uh, Valentine. Probably the the Throwback and then the Valentine. I I agree with that. So I that was my point. The my point was that this event was way better than Star Wars event. 
Um, uh, now, speaking of the Valentines real quick, I mean, you, you did uh, talk about the Valentines uh, because uh, Brittany went, right? She did. Yeah, yeah and I mean, uh, did, did, did that, I mean, I don't remember. Did you talk about that on the podcast? I'm not sure. I just know that she got uh, she got a lot of lines. Yeah, so say. I mean, did it did just didn't seem like that a lot of those had very much going on. Right. You know, uh, as far as uh, extra stuff. I mean, this one just seemed like it was jam-packed. Uh, it's the first one, even including the Star Wars one, that I'm sad I didn't get to go to. Oh, okay. So that I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, the Star Wars one would have definitely been cool to go to, but I feel like I didn't miss a whole lot. I feel like I missed a ton. Yeah, I. I one. The only thing, you know me, I would have been frustrated if I wouldn't have been. I would have had to stand in line just to get for photo ops and stuff, and that would have frustrated me because I would have wanted to get all the photo ops and. I mean, yeah, but you know that wasn't going to happen. I mean, at it, least I would have had to be like that time when I wanted the picture with PJ, and he just, his line was way yeah. too way too long, and we'll probably never see PJ again. Uh, I I never got over to uh, Baloo again to see how long that line was, but I did go on Indiana Jones because they were giving away the decoder card. Oh yes, they were giving out take uh, vintage uh, 1994, 1995. Uh, back when uh, it was sponsored by AT and T, and you got the little decoder card <laughs> that had the uh, the the key for deciphering the uh, stuff on the wall, and then on the other side it had like a really nice painting of uh, Indiana Jones, or it had said something about AT and T on it. Yeah. But uh, they gave out a replica of that that had the decoder part on one side, and then it had the uh, '90s uh, party logo on the other side. So that was kind of a nice throwback. And them uh, nice of them to remember that Indiana Jones opened in the nineties. Exactly, because then at Cause the it would end, have been easy for them to just negl- uh, gloss over that. Yeah. So then at, uh, we went on the ride, and then after the ride, we were uh, walking out of the the building and everything, and there's good old Indy out there. Saying yeah, what's up. And that's another thing too. Is uh, we we ever seen an Indy? <laughs> I think he's been out there before, like out there just talking. Because basically, he's in the queue line okay. where where it's you know. When, when it's busy, like where the truck is, yeah, he's in there and he has a microphone and he's okay. just talking, walking around, talking. I think he's done that before. I've never even heard of there being an indie at the park. That's crazy. So it was pretty cool to see that. I actually forgot all about that he was there because when we got in line, he wasn't there. So okay. obviously he was on break. I know I had made a comment to you because you had sent me a picture of the uh, the program uh, when you first got there, and I remember making a comment about, "Ooh, Indy's there. That's cool." Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool to see him. Started raining towards the end of the night. It, oh, yeah, right when we got out of Indy, because you said it was raining. We're talking about right. that. Because uh, real quick, at the uh, at, at the end of the party, when you walked out, they gave you a big old, what do you call that, lithograph thing? or a Just like a poster. nice uh, card stock poster, yeah. Yeah, of uh, Captain Marvel. So Anthony was uh, saying, uh, telling, uh, t- telling me that that's what they're giving out. So I was like, that was pretty cool. And then he was saying it sucks because it's raining and it's going to get all wet. But you were in the queue for India at the time when that was going on. And you were like, oh, I don't know it's raining. Right, right. I didn't know it was raining because I was inside the building. But when we walked out, I noticed the, the ground was wet. So it did rain. And it was barely sprinkling when we walked out. So it wasn't that bad. But then later on, it kind of came down a little bit, not heavy rain. So we were basically over in the hub partying over there with DJ Wendy and it was really really cool it was fun and yeah so uh, Anthony was lucky enough that I gave him that poster 
and it didn't get any wet, wet any, didn't get wet or anything at all. No, very fortunate that uh, you guys are all very fortunate that uh, the rain that day decided to wait basically to the end. Because otherwise, there would have been a lot of unhappy people standing in line for two hours right. plus rain. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, the people at the end of the night that were standing in line still all the way to the end, especially those power line uh, stands, uh, they were definitely getting a little bit uh, rained on. But, uh, you know, I'm sure in the end, whoa, what just happened? Things. I got volumed. <laughs> that, uh, you know, I'm sure it was worth it for them in the end to uh, finally get those uh, photographs. So Yeah. Well, I'm glad everybody had a really good time. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to do much. They're ever going to probably try and hopefully not repeat anytime soon. So uh, it'd be interesting if uh, maybe next year or the year after, if they keep doing them. I don't know if uh, once Galaxy's Edge opens, if the the late nights thing is going to be a thing in the past. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised maybe if next year they do a, uh, a late night uh, after dark that's in Galaxy's Edge would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it would. A Galaxy's Edge after dark. That would be year, kind of neat. A year from now. Maybe. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, maybe like a 70s night or 90s or, or I mean, they just did 90s, but 80s. 80s should be next. Uh, 70s. Uh, they basically did the 50s is what the one yeah. last year was. So we've done 50s and 90s. Now you just got to fill in in between. Uh, you know, uh, 70s would be interesting. You get a lot of bell bottoms and uh, <laughs> disco outfits and stuff. Ooh, ooh. Uh, or 80s so it would be interesting. Uh, I don't really know what they could do special with the 80s because, I mean, a lot of the... They already did kind of did the 80s with the Disney Afternoon stuff kind of uh, is kind of late 80s, early 90s. So that's uh, why I'm just thinking 70s because then you can do stuff with like uh, maybe Splash Mountain and uh, Space Mountain and rides that opened in the 70s and yeah. things like that. So, so we'll I, just have to wait next year and see what uh, kind of ideas they come up with. Yeah, so I, I, I... Isn't it next year now? No. Oh, you mean like 2020? I'm talking about 2020 because we're already done with the After Darks for this year. When we get to ride the other ride at Galaxy's Edge. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't forget the Marvel one's coming up. Oh, yeah, oh. we still have the Marvel After Dark coming up. Yeah, 2030. so... 2030. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, so that one's still coming up, but uh, yeah, as far as next year, if they decide to do another Decades Night, that would be interesting, so. So yeah, I had a great time, it was awesome, uh, I, I loved the event, the 90s, uh, they, also, they also had 90s music playing throughout the park, Naturally. which was really cool, and I, I'm glad I went. Cool. Are you hungry? Well, they are. It's time for Fat Time in the Parks. Did you have any Fat Time while you were there? I did have fat time right when I was there. They had some fat time menus going on for 90s night, which was really cool. Yeah, they had really cool, interesting things. Uh, unfortunately, the, a lot of them, there was way too much stuff to actually be able to try it all. Um, Yeah, but I I did my best to try it all. And the first thing I want to talk about... That At I, least as far as desserts. <laughs> right. All right, so the first thing I tried that they had was f- over at the Red Rose Tavern, Gray Stuff Shake. Basically, it was a cookies and cream shake with um, red pearls, whipped cream, and um, some... Is it, was it delicious? It was. It was really, really delicious. As good as the Jack in the Box one? Because they've got the Oreo cookie shake nailed at Jack in the Box. I don't know. I'm, I, it's not really Oreo. It's cookies and cream. Right. Anyway, this uh, shake was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I give it a thumbs up. 
but it was only for that day. So who knows if we'll see that again. And, hey, they, they also had their version of the 90s Churroopolis. 90s Churrogeddon. Yeah, that too. So, now, I wouldn't be surprised before you go into those churros <laughs> that they served that night. I wouldn't be surprised if we see those uh, reappear, uh, you know, sometime maybe uh, in the holidays or, or next year or something like that for some other theming. You never throw away an idea. Right. Unless it's the... Uh, Unless it's the maple bacon uh, funnel cake. Ooh. And they do have it for one day, ever, <laughs> and never again. Screw you, Disney. <laughs> yeah. All right, so over in New Orleans Square, they had a ranch-dusted toasted corn churro. Now, I had seen something about that before. Uh, you know, I mean, I knew I know he knew about it, because I'm sure he saw it on the thing before I asked you about it. I didn't. You had seen it already? or did Probably. You? And uh, I was like... Oh, did you see that ranch uh, churro? I heard it tastes like uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Right. Interesting. And I uh, was wondering if he was going to go try it, and he was like, well, it's on the list. And I'm like, well, they're all on the list, I'm sure, but doesn't mean you're going to try them all. Right. Uh, come to find out, it probably would have been better if you had tried something else. Right. So when we were over waiting for the monkeys to take pictures with them, I went over to grab that churro, and it was too salty. It was just too salty. So it didn't taste like Cool Ranch Doritos. You know what? I don't. Mm, I think whoever said that is probably because it does taste like ranch, and whatever the corn stuff was on there was crunchy. So right. maybe they thought of that. But yeah, basically, it's just like the ranch. You know how you can buy the, the like the Hill Valley Ranch, the seasoning salt type of thing. Oh right, it's like that, and then the the churros coating in that or whatever, and whatever the the corn chip toasted corn thing was i uh, i didn't like it i love ranch i love cool ranch doritos i did not like this churro and i would never ever get this again <laughs> well understandable if it's too salty i mean a lot of people i mean you know me i, I don't even like uh pretzels if because usually they're too salty right. so i could totally understand the whole being too salty thing. Now, this other churro is what I should have tried instead of that one. Yes. Which was over Main Street and was a churro with cherry pie dipping sauce. Yes. That's, yeah. That would have been on top of my list. So then over at Frontierland, they had a PB&J churro. Now, real quick. The now, ch- you were going back. You were kind of glad you didn't try the uh, ap- the cherry pie one. No, I didn't try it. That's why like I said, you said that's the one you should have tried. tried. Yeah. So, instead of the ranch. Uh, if anybody... I don't know if we anybody else that uh, listens to the podcast went to the party, the '90s party. Uh, if you guys did go and you tried the uh, the cherry pie churro, definitely uh, email us mousepire at gmail dot com and give us a food review on that. Now, with all the <clears throat> with all those uh, gourmet, I guess churro gettings, they you know they're up in price. The ranch was five twenty five, I believe, around which, there, which isn't actually that bad considering they've been charging six twenty five for the ones with. Dipping sauce and shit. So let's get back to this PB and J churro. It was six twenty five, and oh, it came with the dipping sauce because they had a, naturally. A, it did have a, a strawberry inside the churro, and then it came with a uh, jelly and uh, peanut butter dipping sauce. So it was like uh, PB and double J. Yes. Now, I'm not one to complain about price. Whoa, you're not. But and you'll understand why. This really pissed me off. Mark this moment. Everybody. Mark this moment. 
Churro is 625. And you expect to get what you normally get in a churro. A normal, what, 15 inch? Right. Churros are what, about 15 inches, usually, something like that. Something eight, like that. 15, At least 18. A foot long. Eight inches. Right. Way, yeah, definitely way longer than a foot long. So. This one was not even quite that. So size. it was a short churro. It was a short churro. That's dirty. For what purpose? I why don't do you know. I, you know why I think it was that small? It's because the company who made that churro makes them that size. If you want the jelly-filled churro, oh, because it was inside. the special, yeah. So it was because it was the special jury, jury, Judy. Yes, <laughs> uh, because it was the special uh, jelly-filled churro. That's why it wasn't the standard size, right? And that's why you were paying extra for not only the jelly and peanut butter in your little dish, which is what you're usually paying the six twenty-five for, but you're paying for the smaller churro with the jelly in it. Bullshit. Yeah. You I, you would have probably rather had a regular normal size churro with the peanut butter and jelly dipping sauce. Now see, I didn't know that the churro was gonna be that small. I didn't even, even see Until it. Until they handed it to you? Yes. Oh, so otherwise you probably would have skipped that one and I went to the been cherry like, pie. <laughs> you're right. She said, Where's the rest of it? Well so, I only <laughs> just to, to for the record, I only had a taste of it because, you know, I wasn't gonna eat, you know, the 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 ranch one, and then have this churro. So I just had a taste of it. Oh. So the complaint about the size of it is really and then you took it pointless. <laughs> no, he still took it. I still it. paid for it. What do you mean pointless? I still paid for the damn thing. Well, but if you're not going to eat it, no, he took it home. No, my brother's. Oh, your brother. Oh. So anyway, yeah, it oh, was, I, I forgot he was there. So it was uh, not the quite the size we're used to. It sucked, and uh, six twenty five for that was not worth it at all. So I, I. Yeah, I should have tried the cherry pie. <laughs> so uh, just a note, folks, that if uh, we ever talk about a new uh, addition to uh, Churrogeddon, uh, whether it's in the coming up in summer or holidays or whenever, if we talk about one that's filled, it's be small. wary. Be wary, folks. It might be small, and you might be overcharging for not enough churro. Not enough length. All right, so another one I didn't try was over at Stage Door Cafe. It said Savory Corn Churro. That sounds good. Not sure what it had or how that tasted or anything. It tastes like corn. Probably. All right, well, that's enough of that. I was really disappointed in, in, in that peanut butter and jelly churro. wasn't really happy with what I got, but oh, well. It tasted good, though. Yeah. It was really, really good. All right, so real quick, uh, what's in the parks whenever I went? Don't remember when it was. Oh, yeah, I was in the parks on Sunday for Michael's event of Superhero Day, and I uh, had some fat time over there. I tried the peanut butter and caramel parfait, and that was over at the Golden Dreams booth right over by the restrooms heading into uh, the Redwood Challenge Trail, whatever you call it. All right, so... So yeah, it's actually called the chocolate peanut caramel parfait. It's five fifty, and it is very very tiny. It's like a shot glass. So yeah, there we go again with the prices and <laughs> getting small items. It was really good. I loved it. it also, they also put a, a sea salt on top. Uh, they asked me if I wanted. I don't know if every cast member will ask you if you want it or not, but they asked me. I said yes. Uh, really, really good. Uh, and, with, and the 
cool part was it was they had real peanuts in there, so it was crunchy also. I like it. I mean, if you guys want to spend five fifty to get a shot of this, try it. It's really good. Or better yet, if you have a sip and saver pass and uh, you've already spent six or seven of your uh, tickets on high price six or seven dollar items, feel free to splurge and get yourself one of those for uh, basically nothing. Right. I can guarantee I'm not going to get this again, even though it was really, really that good. And then the next thing I got was the Yippee Mickey's Cotton Candy Soda, which is non-alcoholic Sprite Cotton Candy Premium Syrup. Half rim, uh, half rimmed buttercream with pineapple with a pineapple cotton candy garnish. Now that's seven dollars. It was really it was it was pretty good, but it would have been and everyone Dan said this and I had other people say the same thing that it would have been better with vodka in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they put buttercream around the rim of the glass and put these Mickey Mouse confetti uh, things on there. Yeah, uh, before you had even told me you had tried it, Dan had sent me a picture about him trying it, and I know he's going to talk about it in his email in a little bit. But uh, he sent me the picture of it, and I'm like, what the hell is that shit around the rim? I'm like, because it's just like caked on there. It looks yeah, very sloppy. It's sloppy. It's like, somebody, so. it's like somebody was trying to rim a margarita glass, but they don't know what they're doing, and <laughs> they like licked all over the glass, and it just <laughs> stuck all over the glass. And then there's a straw sticking out with what looks like a big cotton ball thing looking well, thing but come to come out i guess it's cotton candy yeah it's cotton candy but it's not even a straw it's just a stick oh, it's not even a straw it's just a stick yeah you don't get straws anymore remember oh right <laughs> well it could have been a, it could have been a uh, paper straw i well i guess i well i don't know anyway so yeah it's uh seven dollars it's pretty good i mean i i I suggest you try it if you seven dollars though for a drink. That's why you get with the no sip alcohol and pass. Exactly. That's exactly. Why you, that's why you get a sip and saver pass, so that way it, you feel better about spending. Uh, you're not really spending the seven dollars. Yeah. So I think sip and savers count towards alcohol. That's not alcohol though. It's just a regular drink. Oh. I said it would be worth it if it was alcohol. But it's not alcohol. Seven dollars for a non-alcoholic. So it's not worth it. Yeah. Exactly. Seven dollars for a non-alcoholic drink. That seems crazy. Because if they, you know, if they were selling it with alcohol, it would be like thirteen. So, so we got a surprise a couple of days ago, well, maybe three or four days ago. They've reannounced the Steamboat <laughs> Willie popcorn bucket, the atrocious popcorn bucket. But this time it was hand painted, supposedly. It was hand edited. Yeah, some, <laughs> it was hand something. Hand uh, sanitized. <laughs> I don't know what they did, but uh, it wasn't much. They were still a little scratched. Maybe not as bad as the first time. I think what they did, this is my opinion. This is not uh, confirmed fact. But my opinion is what they did is they pulled out all the really bad ones from the boxes. And they, maybe Disney required somebody from the factory to come out. And they might have given them like a, maybe like an airbrushing or something that, same paint. But just to cover up a blemish or two. Now we got a confirmation that the the popcorn buckets that were released the first time did not sell out. They were just pulled from the parks because of everyone complaining because of scratches and all that kind of markings that that they were being left on the buckets. So those buckets were pulled off stage and put back in boxes, and we don't know what happened to them. <clears throat> 
And then Disney... So the Taggers came along and spray-painted them. Yes, the Taggers came along as Disney requested for them to come. So Disney basically just uh, re-announced that the Mickey Steamboat Willie popcorn buckets, and they used the phrase hand-painted popcorn <laughs> buckets, were going to be available. And uh, Because as if the other ones weren't hand-painted, apparently. Right. right. They were machine-painted. So... Even better. So... Uh, the 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 last month popcorn bucket is already was already done for APs to get the refills, and then this one was coming out. Uh, people were asking, "Hey, if we we get the last one, can we get refills on these?" And Disneyland AP said, "No, you that they they weren't going to be able to do the refills on that." So when I saw that, I thought, okay, well, these buckets have to be different in some way. So the yeah, you naturally assume that maybe these ones would come with the proper paint job on them, with a with a with a with a clear coat of some sort, whether they were gloss paint or whatever. Exactly, and wrong. So then, um, Disneyland AP went and said, we basically they got the wrong information. They backed it up, and they could that if you have the First ones that you bought them the first time, you can get the refills up until April, whatever it is. I don't know. So if you have the old, the old, the very first, uh, if you bought them the first time they came out, you can get your refills on that for a dollar. And these ones are basically the same. Nothing changed on them as far as I've been told. So they still get scratched up apparently. They're still uh, the same dull uh, matte paint. And the strap does come out still. So, yeah. Uh, what day is the uh, refills going till this time? I don't know. I don't remember. It's April, oh, did, April something. Did I they not say? or I don't remember what it said. First saying. week of April, I think. Yeah. I mean, so it's not even that long then. No, it's another month. No, it's not even a month because they just came out today. That's less than a month if it's April 1st. No, no. I said the first week of April. Well, that's still not a month because we're in the second week of March. Is it? Is this the second week of March, or is what? What, do you, what was your question? Is it the second <clears> week of March? Yeah, because today's the 11th. Today's the 12th. That's the second week in March. Actually, technically, well, yeah, it's the second full week of March. So, I mean, if you're talking about that they're not going to be... I mean, we're going to verify. I'm going to see if we find the post. And, yeah, it says, one of, now available until April 5th. So, yeah, li- literally not even... Like three what three weeks something like that. That's just because when did these come out? They came out today. So, uh, yeah. So great if you got one of the first batch because then you're getting two two whole months. Right then, yeah. If you got one from the first batch, then you're getting the 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 accumulated time. The five weeks plus the three weeks. But Uh, now, but now, if you were to buy it now, uh, you're literally uh, basically you better go every day or something. I mean, yeah, they're not priced higher than. I mean, not st- much higher than they probably would be anyway. No, so. but you still have to probably go what four times to pay for it. Oh, to pay for it. To yeah. pay for it. To pay for the price of the twenty dollars or whatever probably it is. Five. You have to go like at least five, five times trips, to cover yeah. the whole amount of the uh, popcorn. So four and a quarter or something for popcorn, right? <clears throat> right. So it's yeah, that'd be you'd, you'd come out a dollar ahead at five at five refills. Right. So. Good luck to everybody who uh, hasn't gotten theirs yet. Or uh, now to clarify with the I told you so's, this is the same batch of buckets. The boxes are the same. The uh, you guys don't do math on the boxes are the same. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, so, and, and my opinion is that unless they've pulled a ton of these as an unsellable, this batch will last longer. Uh, <clears throat> the first batch, I think they, in, in my opinion, they sold maybe 10 of the 35,000. They've probably got another 25K, or let's say they pulled five of them as unsellable. They probably got twice what they had the first time. These might last through Thursday. That's again my opinion. You'll already have it'll already be Thursday by the time you've heard this. I just want to make a point that I was told I only had to take math up to the tenth grade. Exactly. All right. So moving on. Um, if you guys uh, want to get the next popcorn bucket, go ahead and do that and um, have fun with those. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the popcorn buckets, the did we already announce that the mini bucket was out, or is that something that's coming out? Or been out and gone? Yeah, been we. But did, I don't even remember announcing that it came out. Did we? I don't remember either. It must, hey, uh, man, it must, uh, the mini bucket came out. It's gone. It must have been when we were on break. Oh, probably. Uh, so if you missed it, uh, fear not though, because supposedly the Mickey bucket that uh, never came out <laughs> is supposedly still coming. That it's already been released. Uh, Tim says in Florida, and that uh, we'll get it sometime. Uh, so, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. And, uh, you can, uh, just, uh, start, uh, praying to the gods that, uh, the Steamboat Willie bucket will still be there when you go, uh, whenever you go, if you haven't gone by now. They'll be sold out by the time you hear this. Yeah. Sucks for you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we, uh, talked, talked about, uh, you know, announcements over for, uh, Star Wars celebrations, how they're going to make more announcements of whatever might be coming up or whatever. But uh, we got some information that we might get an announcement at D23 for Tomorrowland. We've been really talking about, you know, Tomorrowland needs to be updated and all that stuff. So they might be making an announcement this year for D23 or at D23 for Tomorrowland uh, going into a big old update. So that's something I heard from a very, very reliable source. That got it from actually some Disney people. So now we do know that uh, certain things that we're dealing with Tomorrowland have been uh, delayed or put on back burner. Uh, we know that uh, this past year they had talked about. Uh, we talked about before that they were going to take the rocks formations right. there at the entrance to Tomorrowland out, but instead they decided to do the brickwork on Main Street. Uh, so basically, they uh, forego the Tomorrowland to do the brickwork. You have to figure that the uh, the Tomorrowland getting rid of the fixing the entrance to Tomorrowland uh, has to be a priority for them, uh, maybe for next year or uh, in the years to come, and that that you know that idea hasn't been totally abandoned. So you have to figure that that's one of the things that they have to be talking about with uh, Tomorrowland, hopefully. So yeah, stay tuned for that, and uh, of course, if we have any more information on that. We'll let you guys know. I did think it was interesting that in the uh, the info dump on uh, Galaxy's Edge that there was a very specific uh, note and uh, section about uh, assuring that Star Tours would not be going anywhere and that it would be remaining open in uh, Tomorrowland uh, for the foreseeable future. So I thought it was notable that they did make a point of saying that as if uh, there was any doubt or... You know, I mean, anybody who had been had been making rumors about Star Wars tours closing would obviously have been stupid. So, 
Yeah, so Captain Marvel came out this leak this last weekend, despite all of the stupid whiny boys, despite all of the stupid people that don't know how to read, despite all the stupid people with whatever their excuses are for being jerks, despite all the stupid people that claimed they weren't going to go see the movie. The movie still did amazing. The movie was amazing. Uh, we're not going to talk about the movie today because we're running short on time, but uh, pro- provided Tim is here next week, all three of us will give our... Uh, maybe only semi-spoilerific reviews uh, next week for Captain Marvel. Uh, until then, uh, I just want to talk about that. Uh, it was really cool on, I believe, uh, Friday it was that uh, some theater in, uh, I believe, in the Sacramento area, uh, Brie Larson actually showed up to a theater. She uh, appeared and uh, with a drink and popcorn in hand and went <laughs> in front of a uh, one of the showings of before one of the showings of the movies and spoke to the uh, people in the movie. And then she also went behind the uh, counter in the concession stand and helped out behind the concession stand and did selfies with uh, employees and stuff and was just basically a uh, wonderful person, uh, despite what all the uh, man babies may think about her. Uh, so any of these horrible things you're talking about, which is odd because you spend so much time on social media, you had to be living in a cave not to hear it or subjective, uh, observations. I'm going to go with that. Possibly some, a little bit of both. I mean, it's very easy if you don't follow the right kind of people that you're not going to see it. Yeah. They don't post about that stuff in the popcorn bucket group. No. (laughs) All right. So, uh, despite all of the negativeness that Tim never heard about, Captain Marvel did go higher, faster, and further than all of the, uh, the any other uh, quote-unquote female-fronted film before it. Uh, some people have made the argument that uh, The F- uh, Force Awakens, uh, Ray is the main character, but uh, I would like to argue that that's just be basically considered an ensemble film. Yeah. And in the cases of billing, uh, Mar- uh, uh, Han- uh, Harrison Ford most likely had the top billing for that movie and would be considered the star. So the uh, movie, like I said, is the uh, it earned 153 million over the uh, U.S. week box office weekend. That includes Thursday night. It became the biggest worldwide opening of all time for a female fronted film. It was the second largest comic book gross opening ever. And I believe it was the sixth largest opening of all time or something like that. Uh, there was several, several different uh, records that went along with it that I don't necessarily have all of them in front of me, unfortunately. Uh, the, the, uh, like I said, it did do $153 uh, million domestically, uh, beating out uh, basically everything. The next closest thing was uh, How to Train Your Dragon at $14 million. And the movie that uh, everybody, all the, the the whiny fanboys were trying to get everybody to go see instead, uh, despite the fact that none of them seemed to care about the movie a month ago when it came out, <laughs> uh, Lead a Battle Angel, uh, made a only... Great movie too. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's a great movie, but all of the whiny fanboys were trying to, despite not caring about the movie when it first came out, were trying to get everybody to go see it instead of Captain Marvel. Well, that didn't work because it made a whole $3,200,000 on the weekend. Oh, uh, so it made basically $150 million less than what uh, Captain Marvel did on the weekend. Well, keep in mind, Alita Battle Angel came out three weeks prior. Well, that's the whole point I was trying to make, is that they didn't care about the movie three weeks ago, 
and then they all of a sudden cared about it when it suited their uh, well, the narrative. Elita, right. But Alita did all its money weeks ago. Yeah, Alita would have done all its money regardless. So, so yes, they did really well. Uh, I forgot to mention that it also did, not only did it do uh, the $153 million over uh, in the U.S., it also did $455 uh, million worldwide. As I said, it was the world biggest worldwide opening ever for a female-fronted film. And as I said, the second largest comic book opening gross ever, that's worldwide as well. And uh, so it's uh, basically only, I think, like the uh, the only other movie to do better than that was, uh, and it made half a million, I believe, was Black Panther. Or was it Infinity War? It was one of those two. So uh, the movie did really well, uh, basically uh, sticking it to everybody who didn't want it to do well. So uh, screw all of you and uh, hire further, faster, baby. Yeah, you can go hire further, faster over at DCA Meet. Captain Marvel, because her uh, photo op finally opened today, which was supposed to open on Friday. Yeah, she was there on Friday, starting on Friday, but she had a little temporary uh, logo photo op off to the side, uh, attached to the uh, attached to the uh, little uh, the building where you can buy drinks and stuff. Yeah, but uh, they uh, they had the few days delay on getting her actual cool photo op, and I have to say it did open today on time when they said it would. And it is probably the most elaborate uh, photo op that they've uh, ever, or presumably temporary photo op that they've ever done, uh, because they've taken. Uh, now we know whether they referred to it as Hangar uh, Seventeen. Well, 12. that's what that building is called, though. Too. No, it's called Stage Twelve. Wow. But they've referred to it as Hangar, Hangar 12, Twelve, and well, I couldn't figure out why they were referring to it as that, other than just maybe being a tie into the movie. But now it's became plain because basically the two big large doors that go into that stage, which is the one on the far right when you go into Hollywood Backlot, that uh, they've actually opened the doors and they've put like a like a like a cling on them to make them look like the doors leading out of the hangar in the movie and the shots where you see her hand walking out and then like in the movie poster, and then they've taken a mock up of a uh, F-15 fighter and having the nose of it sticking out of the uh, front of the uh, hangar. It's a 15? I assume it's an F-15. I mean, that's what she's fi- uh, flying in the movie is F-15. So, Yeah, so it looks pretty cool. Yep, so you can go over there and check that out. Uh, when I was there on Sunday for Superhero Day with Michael, <laughs> we took a picture with Captain Marvel and I was over there at the temporary photo spot, so it was pretty cool. But yeah, you can go over there now and go and get your photo on. All right, from higher, further, faster, baby, to a whole new squirrel. Oh, wait, no, a whole new world. Yes, uh, you know, people come complaining for months about Aladdin. People come complaining that the genie was not blue enough. Then they were complaining that the genie was too blue. Then they were complaining that he was too Will Smith. Now they're (laughs) saying they copped out of the blue. Did they not do the blue after all? So uh, despite the fact that I've been excited since the very first trailer and before the very first trailer, and I have had really no complaints about anything necessarily. I'm officially excited now. Uh, That's pretty much the consensus is that anybody who was worried about this movie seems to not be worried anymore. Thanks to the trailer that dropped early this morning. Mm -hmm. I assume this is the, uh, basically the final, the final of the full length, the basically the full length uh, final trailer uh, other than probably like, uh, well, we'll start getting like uh, TV spots and stuff soon. But, uh, 
this was the the major full length trailer and uh yeah the consensus is is a lot of most probably like at least uh, at least a good half of people that had a problem with the movie before seem to have had their their fears allayed uh i think the the i think the whole thing about uh oh all of a sudden he's not blue is stupid they just chose that this trailer just happens to have a lot of shots of him not blue it has both but when it does it does have both the... which is why i don't understand the whole why people are trying to backpedal because that's all the people are ever trying to do let's uh check it out checked it out checked it out checked it out You stumbled upon an opportunity. I can make you rich. Rich enough to impress a princess. What would I have to do? There's a cave of wonders. Bring me the lamp. Summons me. I stand by my oath. Loyalty to wishes three. I'm kidding. Watch this. Watch out. Uh, you done wound me up. You ain't never had a friend like me. Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in make me a prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Y'all see my palace? You look like a prince on the outside, but I didn't change anything on the inside. Showtime. No, I'm in charge, okay? I say when it's time. Really? I thought a princess could go anywhere. Not this princess. Do you trust me? I'm so happy they didn't screw with the music too much. Uh, a couple uh, highlights <laughs> I like that uh, the the shot of Apu yeah. in the air grabbing the uh, lamp is really cool. Uh, the uh, shot of uh, Jasmine's kind of spinning all sassy and just with her, with her kind of like flinging her like her hem. I don't know if you should, it's towards the end. She like turns around all sassy. And again, <laughs> and, thankfully uh, they didn't screw with the music. And uh, I still I got to get used to Jafar not having a deep voice. I still got to <laughs> get used to that. I think I could deal with it. He's a little less uh, high pitched than he sounded in the second trailer that everybody was complaining about. Uh, a little less, but still, Aladdin's got a much deeper voice than he does. Right. So that's what I mean. It's just going to take some getting used to. I mean, it may uh, it may be fine in the context of the movie. Which you know, there's going to be we'll all these memes and stuff with but, like, where uh, he's got a like voice, but. Uh, I I 100% dig that when the the genie comes out that he's all like talking like this and high and all powerful. 
And then he turned and got into the just messing with you. <laughs> I thought that was really I'm funny. I'm just kidding. Now, uh, besides the trailer itself, uh, oh, and the, the whole bit about uh, Make You a Prince is hilarious because uh, uh, I totally would have seen that if they had done that joke back with Robin Williams that he would have conjured a animated prince. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it wouldn't have been as funny as the, as the prince joke on Animaniacs, but the finger prince joke on Animaniacs. I don't remember that. Oh, somebody says uh, to f- somebody tells uh, uh, Dot to finger Prince, and she's like, "No, I don't think so." And <laughs> Prince is right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those most dirty jokes that ever got by the censors, <laughs> probably in the nineties. But uh, anyways, I don't know if you guys saw that they, uh, besides the trailer coming out, that later in the day they announced uh, who's the voice of Iago. I like that guy. And it's our old friend, Tudic. Yes. Who uh, apparently can't not be in anything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got, uh, as as cool as it would have been to have had uh, uh, the return of Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Tudic is definitely a acceptable uh, substitute because he's always an acceptable substitute for just about anybody. Yep. So uh, very, very exciting. That, of course, comes out May 24th. I just want to talk about real fast. Uh, we, of course, we got Dumbo coming up at the end of this month. Uh, some lucky people, jerks, jerks. all of them, uh, got to be treated to a little uh, thanks uh. to thanks to Mr. Tim Burton being in town for yesterday's press day uh, for uh, Dumbo. Uh, some lucky jerks uh, got to uh, get autographs and uh, talking to from Tim Burton over at the sneak peek of the sneak peek uh, at uh, the the uh, opera house for the Dumbo sneak peek. Yeah. At Disneyland. Yesterday well, was the premiere for Dumbo. Right. The Hollywood premiere. And uh, or yesterday afternoon was the uh, press, yeah. the presser. But uh, what was that? A Sunday, I believe, was the... Yeah, uh, Sunday. Sunday when Tim Burton, yeah, Tim Burton sat at the... Uh, no, it was Monday. Yesterday was Monday. I was there at the park Sunday, so it wasn't the day I was there. Oh, okay. Then maybe it was yesterday, way before the yeah, I think the presser then. Something like that. Anyway, well, he was the there. presser was in Anaheim, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, he was there uh, sitting at the exit. He had uh, actual uh, promotional uh, cards with that photo, the very first photo of him inside of the Casey Jr. train sticking his head out. Uh, they had a, that picture with, and said Dumbo on, and he was actually giving doing autographs. And giving those to people, uh, he was there jerks. for maybe an hour. So uh, yeah, jerks. jerks. All of you, all of you who got one, uh, just real fast. That also at that same, uh, ooh, voice broke a little bit ooh. there. <laughs> Told you I was having. Welcome some to adulthood. I know, right? <laughs> Took me until forty-five. Shit. At the same uh, shareholder meeting where the uh, dates for uh, Galaxy's Edge were announced, they also uh, got, I- Iger also announced. The big announcement that uh, Disney Plus, the upcoming Disney streaming service, would contain, and uh, obviously this is a general quote, every Disney movie in the vault, and that it basically would close the vault. I think the world's crazy. The word, uh, the, definitely the uh, the term, uh, the mentioning the vault was definitely used. It's crazy only because they people are still going to want to buy these movies. As far as the the vault, uh, the idea is that movies that presumably have never been on video or are not available on video currently that are in the vault will be basically brought out of the vault and they will be available to watch. Uh, They're busting open the vault. 
Now, uh, just one other thing of note that I just want to uh, mention as far as uh, live action movies and some of the old animation that we knew know from uh, the past and like things like uh, Wednesdays with Walt and things like that from back in 2015, that there are movies that have been remastered that haven't been put on any kind of video. And now we think we know why those movies were being remastered. Because uh, we went and saw... Wait, were you there? Or did I see about myself? Darby O'Gill? I was there. You were there. Yeah. Uh, we saw the whole thing about Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how they had remastered it. And then right after that, it came on uh, Turner Classic Movies for uh, Treasures from the Disney Vault. And it was a 100% completely remastered version. Uh, sharp, clean looking. It was uh, definitely an HD version of uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And... Uh, we know that a lot of those older movies and uh you know that are being remastered and things like that and have appeared on Treasures from the Disney Vault that all of those like uh lesser known live action movies should appear on there as well. And even stuff like Black Hole, Cat from Outer Space. Song of the South. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously <laughs> let's just uh temper our expectations as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh that's probably going to be the one movie in the whole entire Disney uh vault that does not get put on there. But you think they'll have the Donald Duck Nazi propaganda films? Well, yeah, you can get those on on DVD. Wow, they're on the uh, Victory Through Air Power uh, DVD uh, tin set. So, uh, oh, and I think they're also on the Donald set. One of the Donald sets, I think they're also in there. So, uh, we'll just have to see what happens. I hope this is going to be not only is this going to include all the movies in the vault, but you know me. I'm hoping that uh, the all of the Disney uh, animated catalog, as far as the d- animated shorts, are going to be hopefully released as on there as well. Uh, you know me, although I'm going to temper my expectations because I will still maintain that Disney does not care about their classic cartoons. But, you know, prove me wrong, Disney jerks. <laughs> uh, just another thing real quick that was uh, kind of uh, rumored today. It uh, came from Slash Film, uh, so we don't know uh, how accurate the information is, but I'm hoping it's accurate. And that's a rumor that uh, another uh, animated show for the Disney Plus app is going to be based on the old uh, What If Marvel comic books. Mm. Uh, There was a whole line of What If comic books that were in the 70s and then again in the 80s. And they were basically like, what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? What if uh, Punisher killed the Marvel Universe? What if Wolverine killed the Marvel Universe? What if uh, Jane Foster became Thor? Basically, just all kinds of different. Weird. I think uh, they even had like a special edition one that was, uh, what if, uh, I don't remember. It had something to do with Rick James. That's all I know. So, uh, I mean, it was a really cool uh, series. It was kind of like basically an alt version of stories. I was a big fan of the DC version, the Elseworlds. Oh, yeah. It's basically, it was I basically. Have a whole collection of Elseworlds. It was basically, books. but they were more outrageous than that. They were more outrageous. The what they, ifs were more outrageous. Uh, yeah, what if. DC's versions were like. What if Superman's ship had crashed in Gotham and was found by Bruce Wayne's right. parents? Something and he like that. Bruce Wayne. Or Whereas, what if Superman landed in the his his craft landed in the jungle and he was raised right. by wolves? But so this is similar to that. But that'll be look, if that actually ends up being something that'll be something to look forward to because I always liked those those comics. They're saying that what's going to be based on the what ifs? The... It's going to be an animated series oh, based on cool. the what ifs. That's cool. Uh, but that's just a rumor right now. We'd have no uh, direct confirmation of that. This will be totally standalone from the MCU. It won't be connected to the MCU. 
It would just well, be totally what ifs, just be. what ifs that are, uh, you know, alternate things. So that'll be really cool. All right. And finally, uh, we've been waiting for it for a long time now. The day is coming, is upon us. The Fox deal is going to be complete in eight days from now. Next Wednesday, the Fox Disney merger will be complete. Everything that you can imagine will start moving forward at that point. That's March 20th. Y- yes. Uh so uh yeah, it's this all going it's all going to start happening. Your, your wildest dreams will become a reality. I'm going to give a couple of, of quick predictions right now that at uh D23 uh-huh. uh not only will we get the announcement of uh at least half of uh phase 4 of MCU uh which all right now as of right now the only thing we know is uh Spider-Man Far From Home. That's right. the first movie of phase 4. We don't know anything else about Phase 4. We just have a bunch of dates. I predict we will find out at least half of Phase 4, and we will find out what the very first Fox Marvel uh, characters, what used to be the Fox characters, will be, whether it's uh, X-Men, Fantastic Four, or uh, whatever else. Well, I mean, they're going to... I mean, you've got Dark Phoenix coming out. Well, those are separate. Those, those are, are still totally separate. Those are lines, still though. the last of the Fox movies, Dark Phoenix, and if they ever get New Mutants out, those are going to be the last two ever of the Fox. Uh, you can expect that all of those, uh, presumably, all of those roles will be recast if any of those characters ever move over to the MCU. Uh, I can think of at least two or three characters that might be obvious contenders to come over to the MCU immediately uh, if they wanted to do some retconning. Uh, one would be uh, Magneto because Magneto is uh, Scarlet Witch's father. I will argue that those characters in this new version, the Dark Phoenix version of the of the series, are young enough that they may not need to be recast. It depends on if they want to create a separation between the Fox stuff and the MCU. If they don't want to create a connection, s- then they want to recast completely. Wouldn't it make sense for them just to kind of seamlessly merge them? No, because then you have too much continuity that they have no control over that's already happened. Oh, if they want to have completely new stories. Because the the uh, the whole the 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 whole uh, the continuity of uh of Dark Phoenix is really really screwed up anyways because uh you know was there pull there was a pulling from a Well, because ten, ten different Well, yeah, because I mean, too. yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But uh now I just yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I can, I have other predictions I'll make later on, but yes, next Wednesday. Uh, by the time well, about uh, be right before we're actually about to uh, record next week, uh, the Fox merger now, will be. Is there be any chance complete. that it could all fall through? No, because it's done. It's we were, a done deal. We were just we were just waiting for overseas uh, approvals. That's so basically what's going to happen. That's why it's basically done. They're just picking the date that it's going to be official. Where probably they're going to have an official ceremony where there's going to be a couple signatures or so something. if you're rooting against it, you're screwed. <clears throat> if you're rooting against it, you <laughs> lost a long time ago. You're done. So, uh, suck to be you. Uh, give it up. Pack it in. Let's Let begin. begin. Yeah. Let us begin. Yeah, right. then we just need to go to uh, Tim's favorite part of the show. The mail? Yes, the favorite, the part you like to introduce the most. All right. Our first email is from Wreck-It Rachel. Her subject line is, thank you. You're welcome. You don't know what she's thinking you for. I just, you know, I'm being polite. <laughs> she says, hey, guys, I don't have a lot to say this week. I haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. 
And I just wanted to say thank you for being a podcast that supports everyone. It is so nice to hear a group of dudes telling, telling cry, crying man babies to shut up and FTFO. Yeah. <laughs> As a woman, it's nice to hear every week. So thank you. I <laughs> love Rachel. <laughs> Woo. Applaud you, Rachel, for listening to us crying man babies. No, no, oh, wait, no. we're not the crown. No. Wait, I'm just. Looking I mean, you might be a little bit, but I mean, I'm not. Uh, that was a really cool email. You're only a man, baby, about Fantasmic and Pirates of the Caribbean and popcorn buckets and popcorn buckets. Yeah. All right, next email is from Dan the Mailman. Subject line is mixed fat time. <laughs> uh oh. Hey, Mouse Pie, I went to the parks again and experienced some fat time in the par- in the coat. Fat time in the coat. Whoa, actually, fat time little coat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, no, mine was quite large. <laughs> Whoa. Oh <my. laughs> TMI, TMI. Went to the Food and Wine fest- Festival and tried the strawberry float. Delicious stuff. Only got a taste since, you know, ice cream, but it was really good. <laughs> and my kids enjoyed it. Over to L.A. style for some barbacoa tacos. Now, the, barba- the barbacoa my dad makes is really juicy and in the sauce. This was just the meat minus any kind of sauce. Uh, now, the meat was tender, but because I am used to it with juice, it came off as a little dry to me because that's not what I'm used to. Now, I was telling Dan that I'm used to the same way it being juicy. So, I don't know if I would like this if it's just dry. I had my doubts on the pickled ginger, but let me tell you, the slightly tart flavor along with having its own juice mixed in with the barbacoa, man, oh man, give me four more. Whoa, not bad then. Thoroughly enjoyed these and I will get them again. Rode in Credicoaster and then on my way to have Mickey's drop his latest mixtapes stuffed at the Golden Dreams for the cotton candy soda. That's the one we talked about earlier. Uh, the look of it intrigued me, and it was total impulse buy. Buy. No, a buy. Buy. No, not that buy. Buy. To purchase. <laughs> Adios. Okay, of course, we talked about it with uh, Sprite, cotton candy syrup. They weren't too heavy-handed with the syrup, which I thought worked since too much would have been overkill on the flavor. Uh, the buttercream rim stayed on better than I thought it would, and the pineapple cotton candy was just okay, exactly. Just sugar on a stick. <laughs> Good drink would uh, would have been better with alcohol. But the $7 price is a little steep for what it is. But it sure did look pretty. Watch the mixtape from Small World this time. There was never a huge crowd over there. But someone always manages to have a damn balloon <laughs> and stand right in the middle. But other than that, the show was great. You want to borrow my blow dart gun? I have one. You just got to sneak it in. He said, sup, totally enjoyed it, and got his little groove on. His son. <laughs> That's funny. There's, there seemed to be an excess of soap, I mean snow, during Tim's favorite part. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. I hardly paid attention to the fireworks, as I said before. This show doesn't really need them. I prefer the view better from over here. A quick ride on Buzz and then back. To the bus. Overheard a cast member telling another one that they were finally putting restrooms over in the lot, and I inquired as to where, since there are essentially two different loading zones, and it would either have to be centralized or 
have two separate buildings? And you can guess their answer. They didn't have one. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> okay, we did mention that in the last year that we heard that they were going to put restrooms over there. But yeah, we'll see when that happens. So we will see. As Diggs knows, a dream is a wish your heart makes. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Not sure what plans are for the next weekend, and I'm out of town next week, so just be a quick email then to keep my title since Rachel is creeping up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Spring break in two weeks, so unless you plan to take another unplanned break, hope to see you then, Dan out. <laughs> Adios, Senor Dan. Well, I don't know what's going on in two weeks, Dan. I don't know if we'll have to take an unscheduled break or whatever. But, yeah, of course, uh, you are welcome over here anytime. And, well, you know what? In those two weeks' time, we probably get his perspective on Captain Marvel. Right. Tim's falling asleep. So that's it for emails. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, your own tip of the week, if you guys want to tell us what you thought of Captain Marvel, all you have to do is email us. Mousefire at gmail.com. And that's what she said. Do you have a special occasion coming up? Looking to personalize your trip with a keepsake? Create customized buttons for birthdays, engagements, family vacations, even bridal parties. Or just because. Check out buttonsbydigs.com today. Buttons by Digs. Buttons by Digs. Remember, those are buttons, not pins. That's going to do it for this edition of the Mousefire Podcast. Wake up, Tim. <laughs> Don't forget to head over to DCA, go to Hangar 12, and uh, check out Captain Marvel and her fighter jet. Yeah, or, higher, further, faster, baby. Yes. And uh, don't forget the Food and Wine Festival going on. So you guys can go over there and try the Yippee Mickey's Cotton Candy Soda. Or don't. <laughs> yeah, $7. Or don't even try that uh, peanut caramel chocolate parfait. That's just a waste of money. But you can try it if you want. Whatever. I don't care what you do. Do what you want. It's your Shit. money. <laughs> uh, that too. I think I'm going to not go at all and save myself the $50. Probably. Yeah. My biggest complaint with this uh, food and wine is it just seems to be a lot of the same shit. Well, that's pretty much the case every time. Like, no, you know, like there's at least usually like... Uh, like 80% some, the same crap. Yeah, I don't know. This is the first time where it seems like it's a lot, lot higher percentage of the same crap. The only thing that I really saw that I would like to try, and if anybody out there ever does try it, I would like to hear your review of it, even though I probably still won't try it. And that's the uh, the pizza uh, egg rolls that are at the uh, the, the beer uh, and wine uh, booth. Pizza egg rolls. Yeah, they have pizza egg rolls. They're like legit-looking egg rolls. They're not like some Totinos or something. They're some legit-looking <laughs> egg rolls. And they sell... The problem is, is they sell them... You know how there's always the one booth that sells alcohol only, and it's always the one that on the weekend has the longest line? It's at that booth. It's the only food that's at that booth, literally. So basically, it's like the same people that went to Tim Burton. Jerks. Yes, sure. Jerks. And yes. speaking of Tim Burton, just want to let you know, it was on Saturday when he was in the parks. And don't forget, uh, coming up is the what is the super, Disney After Dark uh, Superhero Day, whatever it is. I don't know. Yes, yeah, the superhero uh, Marvel extravaganza over there at DCA. They're uh, the Disney Disneyland After Dark DCA. At, at DCA, right? DCA edition. Yes. So that's coming up, and uh, you can get the tickets for that still. Just go to Disneyland.com and. Uh, Get all the information over That's there. That's for if, both nights. There's still tickets available I for both so. nights. I believe so. I haven't heard anything selling out and I haven't right, checked. So. 
but you guys can check for yourselves. Anyway, yeah, go online, check that out if you guys want to go. I doubt it will be as good as the 90s one. No, probably not. So, yeah, uh, you have until uh, whenever May sometime, because that's at the end of May, right? Um, or is it the end of April? It was April 30th and May 1st, I believe. Oh, right. It's basically uh, the week before Endgame comes out. So it's kind of like a real hyped up. I actually wouldn't be surprised if uh, you got the uh, Captain Marvel poster leaving the 90s. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something uh, definitely Endgame related ah, that'd be cool. that you'll receive that anybody who's going to the uh, the two Marvel nights will receive. So, uh, you know, uh, anybody that's planning on going to that or have your tickets already, let us know. Mousepirate@gmail.com. Of course, you could uh, let us know and uh, find out what we're doing through our social medias. Uh, we're, of course, Mousepire on Facebook. And uh, we are at Mousepire on the Twitter and the Instagram. And just Mousepire on the Snapchat. Uh, you were actually doing some uh, snaps the other day. I did a lot of snappies at the party. I hope you guys enjoyed them. Nippity cool. snappity. Yeah, so, yeah, join the Snapchat. Chaps. Chaps. Snap champs. Snaps. Huh? Snap Get your chaps on it, snap. Snap champ. <laughs> Yeah, so get your snaps on. Tim is the fresh one. That's me. And that's about it. I'm here, but I'm about sleeping. Good yeah, luck. We're good. all hoping that he's not going to die on the way home. Mm, that would is, be his, the preference. Since his chauffeur is not here. And if that happens, uh, we have an opening on the Mouthfire Podcast. <laughs> yeah, please apply within mouthfire at gmail.com. <laughs> subject line, third chair. <laughs> all right, you can find me on... Instagram at Blue1313. I also posted some pictures of the party there. I took a picture with Blue and the monkeys and all that kind of stuff. You can also follow Buttons by Digs on Instagram and uh, see when your button order is going out. Don't forget to get your mouse pair gear over at DGPClothing.com. And uh, you can also help support the podcast at Patreon.com slash MousePire. Check out Michael the Mug Guy's $3 special. Any amount we get uh, really helps us a lot. And uh, don't forget, you can listen to our podcast over on YouTube. Just search Mouse Power Podcast or hit the link that is up on the Facebook page that says YouTube. And we are all cut up again on our podcast, thanks to Tim the Tech, even though he's been really, really busy. And he's going to be heading out to Kentucky sometime in the next week or two. I could go if I wanted to, but I don't have money for a plane ticket. So anyway, yeah, check out Mouse Power on YouTube. Sounds about white. <laughs> and until next time, remember, if you're a racist, misogynistic, intolerant jerk, then you have no place in decent society, and we don't want you seeing our movies anyways. So for King Kong Bundy, Jan Michael Vincent, and the Gaffer Tape Guy, I'm Anthony. I'm Tim. And I'm Diggs. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Nap time. Nap time. Nap time, 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 dark. Shark. I want to go home and rethink my life. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Audio, sound bites, and other clips are property of their copyright holders. All original stuff is ours and property of mousepire.com. Oh, it'll be... Something's making noise. Can you hear that, everyone? Oh, sorry. Hold on.
Baby shark. Baby shark. Baby shark. I'll kill you. It's a whole new squirrel. Some assless chaps. That's for the. Now I'm stuck with that image in my head. That's assless. Assless snaps. Assless chaps in on the snaps. I will reserve my comments for a future date. Okay. Baby shark. Baby shark. Baby shark.